0: guys welcome to insight i am gino your host and of course in the saddle next to me is mr matt van braven matt how are you my brother
1: i'm good i'm good i'm good
0: excellent man um and now folks we're not trying to confuse you they are not <laughs> biological brothers our guests tonight it's gonna i know it's gonna come up at, at some point but uh the uh, the resemblance is quite amazing uh but they are brothers in christ to say the Amen. least and i And uh, our guest tonight is AC Cordell. He's founder and director of Resting Place Detroit Church. AC, welcome to Insight. How are you, my friend?
2: I am. I'm great, uh, except for not enjoying the traffic in Detroit.
0: (laughs) And let's just say this, AC. I I, you come from what state?
2: Uh, I I was originally. I was raised in Detroit. Oh, you were. I moved. I moved back to Detroit uh, going on five years ago from Huntington, West Virginia.
0: Okay. Wow, that's, yeah, that's night and day, West Virginia, Detroit. Um, so, were you? Let, let's just start right at the beginning. I always like to start there. Let's start with the testimony. How did you come to Christ?
2: Well, my dad was a pastor here in Detroit, so I grew up as a PK, uh, which doesn't really mean a whole lot when it comes to salvation, um, but I, uh, I remember giving my heart to the Lord uh, while I was away from home at my aunt and uncle's house um, here in Detroit on vacation. Um, And uh, yeah, I was, I think, 12, maybe 13 and gave my heart to the Lord and uh, just everything changed. Everything's changed.
0: Isn't it amazing how... it? I remember when I came to the Lord, my wife came to the Lord, she said the same thing. It was like... One day, everything was like kind of gray, and the next day, everything was like in living color. It was just like everything changed, and you just knew that something was true and something wasn't. I it, I don't know how to explain it. It was that, you know, the spiritual veil, the Bible calls it, that veils and the scales have been dropped from our eyes, but God. it is a real thing. It's, a, it's the spiritual rebirth. It's that, you know, being born again, and I know that born-again term scares people off, you know, because it's been abused over the you years, can. unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I can. But when it's, when it's you know, when it's given in context, I've had very good success with people just talking to them. That doesn't mean I'm converting people or something, but it, at least I have, they're willing to have the conversation of what it means. You know, and I, that's but, a good know, start.
2: It, it, but it's, it's a true fact. I mean, the Bible talks about, especially when you've been water-baptized, You were going under as one person and coming out something different. So it's like a rebirth um, and a changing of the guard, so to speak. And so it should take your grace, great clouds to a sunshiny day. And, you know, for me that night that I I did accept Christ, uh, just to be honest, I was getting getting ready for bed that night and I, I remember sitting down on the bed. and I just started weeping and crying for no reason at all. And my cousin was like, yo, what's wrong, cuz? You all right? And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> just crying." And he's was like, you want me to get my mom? I'm like, yes. So my aunt comes down, my uncle comes down, and they're like, you know, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know, I just, I feel so good, but I'm crying. And my aunt was just like, wow, I think that's, you know, the Holy Spirit and just wanting to uh, change your life. And, and so at first I was like, you know, this can't happen because my dad's not with me, you know, like, like I wanted my dad to be there, you know? And so, uh, but I just, I submitted to, you know, the power of the spirit. And just you know, sat right there and and prayed a, a legitimate prayer, asking you know God to to be my Lord and Savior. And and so from that moment on, you know, I there's been times I I completely ran the opposite direction of Him, uh, but I've known every step of the way that He was right there the entire time. So. Uh, I, you know, that was an experience I'll never forget, um, and I, I'm thankful to this day for that rebirthing, or born again, transformation, whatever, you know,
3: yeah whatever, and, and whatever suits you.
0: Yeah.
2: We want to use,
3: yeah, yeah regeneration,
0: no, yeah, I can, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's an amazing experience when you do come to the Lord, and because you realize at that moment how broken you really were. You just, right. you just didn't know you, you know, I remember thinking, man, I'm on top of the world, you know, I'm, you know, it, you know, looking for girls and drinking and all this stuff. And you, you thought, man, this is it, this is the life, you know, and then, yeah, I'll worry about making, making uh, money and paying bills later. And, you know, it took me 33 years before I came to the Lord. So, you know, it, a little longer, but, um, I always knew there was a God. I went, I grew up Catholic So, you know, I thought, okay, well, I'm in, I'd go to church on Christmas and Easter and, you know, maybe pop in on a Sunday or two and I'm all set. You know, God's going to wink at me and wave me on in. But when you know the truth, when you hear the gospel and you realize that you were lost and you didn't even know it, man, is that a wake up call.
2: Very much, you know, and and then at the age of uh, 17, I was already a musician um, I was writing music and wrote my first first major song that ever made an album for an artist named Disney Gillespie. He was a jazz trumpet player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I was being exposed to a world that I'd never been exposed to um, in the secular music industry. And um, I was around a lot of guys at Gold Tracks Recording Studio in flint michigan um where i was doing some intern work and and so i remember the first song that i wrote for him on his last album before he died was a song called ice tea um and then while i was there and we were doing some of the recording another group came in that a lot of people i'm I'm aging myself when i say this stuff but uh (laughs) ready for the world uh they're actually from flint michigan and they had One of their famous songs was Oh Sheila. And so I actually wrote a song on their last album uh, called Ask Your Lover. And, you know, again, living uh, in a pastoral home, but living Mm -hmm. a non-Christian life, even though I accepted Jesus, I was being influenced by the wrong influencers. And, um, you know, making a lot of money— off of these artists writing music for them, helping to produce their, their music. And I'm 17, 18, 19 years old. And uh, it didn't take long for the world to attack and try to, uh, you know, swallow me whole. And um, it was uh, a few years later while I was in college down in Tennessee at Lee University that I, um, I really realized that I needed to, Change dance partners, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, right the ship.
2: <laughs> so I uh, I did that. And then I started writing music for uh, a lot of Christian artists, even some country music and, and just more wholesome music, things that I wasn't, you know, trying to write music about treating women horrible and, you know, and drinking and smoking and everything else. So this is stuff that. You know, it was stuff that I wanted to live by, so it was easier to write. And so so, uh, you know, God continued to open doors for me as I got out of school and started connecting with a lot of different, um, even entertainers. Um, I was blessed uh, as a Christian artist and a musician to get asked to go play keys for Usher um, in... A European a small European tour unfortunately some of his musicians couldn't get a passport Uh, so because him and I had the same agent um, I I got asked to and it was one of the most remarkable experiences that I ever had uh, learning his his music and then be able to travel with him and uh, and play keys for him so that that was an amazing opportunity but even so the lights the the things that the world brings with situations like that just could not quench the thirst and the hunger that I had for serving uh, serving the Lord. And so it just it got to the point even after that I was like, you know what, my, my time with secular artists is coming to an end because, you know, although I'm thankful for the work, I'm thankful for the opportunity. It just, it kept bringing up memories of past experiences, and you all know how it is. The enemy will use anything that he possibly can to trip you up and cause you to uh, turn away from your commitment to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So um, it just got to the point where I said enough is enough, and I at that point, I had signed with a record label out of Nashville, I was writing for them, and being able to uh, just do kingdom business, and it was amazing. And so Amen. I still I still do a lot of that. Um, however, now, again, things have shifted over the years. I've been in full-time ministry for over 20 hmm. and uh, as a shepherd and pastoring. And so uh, when I moved back to Detroit, the Holy Spirit had spoke to me and said, it was time to go back to Detroit to where my dad had dug some wells and built some altars and it was time for me to go redig the wells and rebuild the altars and that Detroit was about to be a a spiritual hub and that uh, we were going to see things happen in Detroit and as things happen in Detroit we would see things that we would affect our nation right out of Detroit and so I came here with a high expectation that God was about to do some crazy things and listen we don't, we don't have time tonight to talk about the crazy things that God has brought me through and to and and, and but you know people or wonders anymore <clears throat> you you may have come by a little bit too late to tell me that because I've witnessed it too many times mm-hmm. in my life uh, God's Miraculous ability to just change, uh, change situations on a dime. And so, uh, again, we came here uh, to back home to Detroit with the anticipation of watching God just perform uh, supernatural awakenings and outpourings, and He's doing it, especially right now, man. We're seeing God heal and deliver, um, setting people free right now at Resting Place. When I say heal, I'm talking about like um, bona fide healings where doctors have been mm. uh, involved in writing letters saying that this, you know, this person's no longer awesome. uh, full of cancer anymore. Where cancer had been in their kidneys, their their stomach, their bladder, um, and, and and God completely erased it in one moment. And so we've seen that. We've seen recently a lady. Uh, who had fallen, this is back maybe four weeks ago, she had fallen in the shower. And when she did, she had hit her head and had a major head trauma, a lot of broken bones. And she lay there for four days without any food or water before anybody oh, yeah, found God. out it's about, about
1: Four days.
2: And so yeah. uh, when her sister-in-law couldn't reach her, they they did a wellness check on her, found her. And she, it was so bad. Uh, they brought her to a service uh, two weeks ago and she I noticed her when she came in uh, when she sat down. I didn't see her get to her seat, but I seen her when she was in her seat and I just I really felt that I, I needed to pray for her, but i didn't I didn't know why or anything at the moment and so um, I just uh, kept the service going. we did everything we were normally doing and and finally, at the end, I was like, listen, I, I, I want to pray for this lady. And she, um, I asked her to come down so that I could. And she, it literally took her 15 minutes to walk from her seat to the front. Wow. Um, he was taking, you know, inches for her steps um, and was very lethargic. Um, and when she got down there, I leaned over and I asked her what her name was. And I had to ask her multiple times because she had, Literally no voice. Uh there was no strength in her voice. So we had her sit down and when she did, she leaned over on one of her friends' shoulders. She didn't have strength to even hold her head up. Um, couldn't talk, couldn't couldn't move. And so I literally we began to pray for Holy Spirit began to tell me things that she was struggling with. I, I had no idea. And so I asked the lady that came with her and I said, You know, I I really feel there's some things I need to be praying for, but can you can you give me you a know, heads up on what she's dealing with? And that's when I found out about her falling and the head trauma and stuff. So I, I had more specific things to pray over at that point. So I did. And I remember her sitting up where she was leaning over. She sat up and she began to lift her hands and she began to worship God, which was beautiful just to see that. And you could see her mouth was moving and she was trying to pray and, and thank the Lord. And so I, I, I left some people there to pray with her, and then I, I literally went to pray for somebody else. And a, a few minutes later, I, I literally I sat down on the steps at the altar at a resting place. And I, I um, sat there, and I was just I was just really processing what I had seen all night long. We had, a, we had a young lady that was living a homosexual lifestyle that God completely and radically changed her, her, her life, according to her. And so then I'm sitting there and I watch as this lady uh, that we just got done praying for. She stands up on her own. Wow. Remember she had three people yeah. walk her down, she stands up on her own. And as she's standing, she starts walking like a normal walk. And then she starts having a, a verbal conversation and full sentences with a full voice that had completely come back. And I sat there and I, I called her name and I said, do you do you see what's going on right now and <laughs> when she realized what was going on she began to get very emotional and broke down and when that happened other people around her was just like oh my lord she she's talking she's walking with no problem make a long story short um, her her a uh, former pastor of hers or a pastor she she sees on uh, some weeks calls me on Monday and says, uh, this lady was at our service and she was telling me what happened. we would seen her, how she was before. And when she walked in, we didn't even recognize her, her countenance, her face, everything looked completely different. And he said, so I asked her what happened and she told me and she said, you know, the crazy thing is I wanted to stay up all night long and go outside and dance in the street and just scream to the top of my lungs. How amazing the Lord was. And he, he I wouldn't have done it. She I said, so was- I did that. I went outside, I danced around and and screamed to the top of my lungs that God had healed me. She goes, and then I got tired and I went back and had the best night's sleep that I've had Come since on. the accident. Come and, on. And, and so when when you see these things and you hear about what God's doing, and I, I just look back when Holy Spirit told me, you know, go redig the wells, go rebuild the altars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you Eat see what's happening mm. uh, because of that. And uh, man, I just, it's, it's breathtaking. And, you know, Matt was with me a couple of weeks ago. We, we've been starting these, uh, prayer walks. We're believing that God is going you know, to open up a facility for us in, in Royal Oak. Uh, we're currently, uh, near Southfield, Detroit, uh, County or city line. And, and so we're believing for a place there. So we're doing these prayer walks and drive throughs and all over Royal Oak. And, uh, you know, we're believing we're a miracle. And my realtor came back and said, listen, man, you, there's only there's a reason why there's only 20 churches in Royal Oaks because there's no place for them. And I looked at him. I said, now, Stephen, you're my realtor. You're also my music director. And I'm going to tell you, if you ever tell me that there's no way for us <laughs> to get a place, you and I are going to have problems because when God speaks something into existence— Mm-hmm. It's already happened. We just haven't seen it come to fruition yet. So our building is here. Our situation is going to happen. And so, you know, even with Matt, we were driving around, looking at places, worshiping together. Um, I just I just know that the continuation of what God is doing in our Friday night services at Resting Place, that he's going to continue to perform miracles for us uh, in looking for our, our next location in in Royal Oak. And uh I had somebody tell me I was crazy the other night. This is kind of funny. I was speaking at an aglow service uh, a couple Saturdays ago and a lady there had come and I found out after the fact that, uh well, actually, no, Matt, you and I are together when she was being prayed over to be the new president or director of the Royal Oak chapter of aglow. Do you remember that?
0: Can you imagine her about yeah. There he is. And you so came. She,
2: she, she came <laughs> that next Saturday and and I, I, I leaned over to her and I said, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, whatever you need to be successful in Royal Oak, you let me know. I'll provide it. And that I was asked, well, you don't even have a building. How can you help her? And I was like, because here's the deal. If I help her by default, I'm successful. Mm-hmm. And we're going to help her be successful. That way the Holy Spirit will see what we're doing. And continue to pour out his blessings upon us because we're giving and giving and giving. So these are the things that we see happening um, throughout the city, throughout the region. Uh, I was blessed. I got a phone call from a good friend of mine, Clay Nash, the other day. He's a prophetic voice that uh, him and Dutch Sheets um, Mm -hmm. do a lot of stuff together. And they're doing this 50 states in 50 day prayer and declaration calls And so I got a phone call and said, listen, uh, we want you to um, uh, be on our call Thursday, uh, because we want you to close out our call with a prayer and declaration over the state of Michigan and over your region. And I'm just like, really? Me, of all people? And they're like, (laughs) yes. Because both Clay Nash and Dutch Sheets have spoken over Royal Oak, saying that Royal Oak was gonna be a hub in the state of Michigan, that was going to help direct and lead the state to this end time movement that God is bringing. And when they found out that I was trying to go there, they have just uh, partnered up with me, and we're trying—you know—they're trying to be a part of what we're doing as well. So I'm stoked about that. And I, it all boils down to this: in Huntington, West Virginia, while I was a worship pastor at a large church there, and God spoke to me and say said, "Stop what you're doing and move back to Detroit." And I was like, "What?" I mean, I I don't have a job in Detroit. I don't have nothing going on in Detroit. What am I gonna do? And he said, I'm sending you back again to redig the wells and rebuild the altars that your dad started and I'll provide for you. And so I when I, I remember sitting down with my lead pastor there in Huntington and I was, you know, saying, Well, here's what I'm been praying about. This is what I'm hearing. I don't even know why or what's going on. I don't even know what to say. And he looked at me and he said, whatever you need to be successful in Detroit, we're going to help you be successful in Detroit. Wow. And so I, I just keep hearing that same concept that, you know, churches and pastors and believers and apostles and prophets, we should be coming together to work with one another, building the kingdom. Amen. To not that. separate ourselves yeah. and not trying to say this is my house and don't take people from my house and don't do this and don't do that. Uh, You know, you just you got to be careful uh, with that kind of stuff, man, because those people don't belong to me. They don't belong to those people. Mm -hmm. We're honored to shepherd and which leads and directs them into safe places. And when when people are arguing, pastors are arguing about people and places and money and this and that. man, that's not building the kingdom. So I I stay away from the garbage. That's I have zero zero tolerance for that because that's not building the kingdom and uh we're on a mission and the mission is to build kingdom uh help save lives get people on and the safe and narrow path uh, towards going to heaven which is the only way to do that is through jesus christ uh the bible says there's only way to through the father and that's through the son and so we're trying to show jesus in everything that we do and uh it's been it's been a great journey journey for the past five years trying to get this going
0: so ac i want to kind of reverse a little bit because i don't want to gloss over some of this stuff so, yeah. you know, you, men- you mentioned Dutch Sheets, and I know Dutch had uh, that prophecy of revival breaking out at, with the youth in the colleges, yeah. and then we have Asbury yeah. breaks out, and then it kind of spreads. It's little little fires breaking out here and there uh, throughout mm-hmm. the U.S. right now. For about five years, myself and some other uh, brothers in Christ, we've been talking about the revival to come, and it was going to start with the youth. We've all felt it inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I In pretty much anybody in you know, our generation or the generation under, I I think has felt something burning inside of them. They knew something was getting ready to to burst. Um, Do you believe you said you're seeing it in your own church? You're you're hearing about it. They're calling you about it. I mean, where do you see this, this revival going? Is this full blown? Like, uh, you know, the Jesus revolution movie comes out and I think it's number two now. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's beating, you know, mainstream secular movies. Because I'm people are, are yeah, people are starving for the truth. They're starving for for you know true spirituality, not the fake garbage they've been handed. I mean, where do you see this thing going? Is it full blown revival at some point?
2: Well, it boils down to this: is people being hungry, and the things that they've been trying to eat has not quenched their hunger or their thirst. And so, what what's what people are seeing right now is their substance to a spiritual awakening or an outpouring of his spirit, like hasn't been seen in a while. I mean, you, you even if you look at Brownsville, uh, the revival in Brownsville, uh, you see a movement that that number one, it changed, uh, revolutionized worship music for one. Uh, it brought back serious prayer in churches. And we've seen a healing movement come out of that. We also seen in Toronto, Canada, a big movement that that came for many years out of Toronto. Uh, Azusa Street in California, the big revival, every one of them produced a whole new sound, a sound of worship that hadn't been heard before, but it also attracted a younger generation that high schools and colleges and all of those were being radically changed. I mean, they were shutting down classes because classes were just breaking out in moves of in power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and this was happening across campuses all across the country and the world. And I, I look at it and say this. Whenever you see our nation going so far in the wrong direction, like ours is, um, yeah. ours probably leading the way, us and the U.K., uh, in going in the wrong direction uh, from uh, you know, politically, government uh church, just I mean family, everything, schools, it's yeah, going the wrong amazing. direction. And every time you see it happen as bad as what it is right now, God steps in and says, All right, enough is enough. And he does something to spark some spark something that just causes <coughs> people to have a hunger like never before. I'm gonna tell you right now what it is is repentance, um, salvation. And forgiveness, us learning to forgive other people and learning to forgive ourselves for things that the enemy has been beating up us over for so many years, saying you can never do this. You can never do that in ministry because you did this. And God Mm -hmm. says, listen, when he forgives us, he forgives us and removes it as far as the east is from the west to not be brought up again. So if it's being brought up, it's the enemy. It's the enemy that's doing it. And if the enemy's doing it, we don't have to listen to him. We can fight against it. So there's a hunger for repentance, for salvation, for forgiveness. And then when we've gone through that, God brings freedom. What we're Mm -hmm. seeing right now in these campuses and all over the nation right now is people are finding freedom away from the torment, uh, oppression, and anxiety that the enemy has put everybody under. For so many years, it's been like a trance. I mean, think I, about it. You drive around, you walk around. It, it's like people are in a trance.
0: I would, I would add religion to that. I think people were trying to break free from oh, religion. Yeah. That religious break- spirit, man, yes. that's a <laughs> oh my that, gosh, that's a tough one. That right yeah. there,
2: people are are finally learning how to have a relationship with God, as opposed to approaching it as a religious entity that we have to figure out one way to live, uh, you know, this perfect life. And when we don't. We feel like, oh, we failed, we're going to go to hell, so we might as well just enjoy it. And that's not what God's saying. God's saying, listen, you know, when you repent, you're no longer a sinner. But does that mean you're never going to sin again? Absolutely not. The the, the big part to that is always being able to say, God, forgive me. I repent of that sin. Just because you committed that sin doesn't make you a sinner. It means that you are human and you've made a mistake and you realized it. You've asked him for forgiveness. You repented of it. You turn away from it and you go back to living the life that God's created you to live. That's the teaching that should be going on right now. Instead of people beating us up over this religious belief saying, you know, oh, you committed this crime or you committed this sin. You are you're, you're dead to me. You're no longer can speak. You can no longer lead worship. You can you can't do this. You can't do that because you are now this horrible person. And that is definitely not in the word of God. It, it doesn't nope. say anything about it. So no, yes, dealing with the religious spirit and, and operating out in relationship with God is a whole new concept that a lot of people are just now getting.
1: Yeah, i tell you what. I mean, that's one of the things that I feel like our, our society suffers from most is because they don't understand where their worth is. Uh, you know, they think yes. that their their value e- exists in, you know, McDonald's and Mickey Mouse. But I promise you this, uh, there's more to it than that. You know, God saw you before you even existed. And it's hard for people to fathom that because we live in such a physical world where all we understand is what we can see, what's tangible, what we can reach out and what we can grab. And, and you know, the problem is some of the things that are within our reach are the worst things that we could be reaching for. Yeah, And so it's tough, you know, it's tough in that way. And so like going back earlier in the conversation about how we approach people, you know, I always try to approach people as people, you know, I'm not trying to think like, you know, in this context as I'm going to save your life. No, God's going to save your life, but hopefully something I do influences that. And that's really what it is that it comes down to. But yeah, like I said, you know, these people, they live in this context where they just, the world constantly inundates you as just this whole culture of you know mickey mouse and mcdonald's and that's what it is and all the things are poisoning you they're poisoning they're never good you enough. they're poisoning you and they're polluting your mind in all these different ways yeah. but you don't understand that because it brings comfort it brings you know a culture it brings you know, flash and entertainment and all these things. And the, the church has gotten to the point now where it's just not shiny enough to get attention. Yeah. And, and that's an issue because the church was never intended to be shiny. The church is an infirmary. It's where you come when you're broken, where the, where the world's cast you out and yeah. you need healing now. And you need to get to that divine healer, not, you know, doctor dot, 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 but the, the one healer of all of our spirits and that's where we need to get ourselves back to that's where our point that's where our our compass needs to be directed to.
2: And hey, let me let me jump in there. One of the biggest things that God gave me a revelation on is this lately. Too many people are seeking the healing and not seeking the healer. Amen. Too many people yeah. are seeking the blessing and not the one who blesses. Yeah. And the, the issue with that is if you were to seek the healer, you'll find your healing. Right. But it, when you are just going after healing, like people, and I'm not trying to dog people out for it, but people are like, oh, where can I go tonight to get a word? Where can I go tonight to get prayed for, for my healing? And not that they shouldn't go get prayed for, but my thing is this, when I pray for somebody, I believe they're healed. Right. And I don't, I don't believe that they really have to go get prayed for anybody else because when you pray the prayer of faith and you are believing for the unbelievable and expecting the unexpected to, to happen, I, I don't need to keep praying this prayer over and over and over for myself. I just need to start saying, "Okay, I now I believe that I've been healed, and I'm going to walk in my healing." And because who? Why is that? Because I believe in the healer. I'm not mm-hmm. just looking for the healing without with and bypassing the healer and that's what i think people have happened for so many years they've been seeking the gifts of the lord and not really seeking after the lord and what happens with that is he's a jealous god and he's like listen you just want my gifts you you're you're abusing me you're using me you know and and he said i want you to climb up in my lap and and know that i am your abba father and i want you to have relationship with me that you know me by name, that you know who I am when I speak, your ears turn up and and you turn and you lose focus on what you're thinking about to focus on him. That's the type of relationship when he speaks, it's like E.F. Hutton, you should stop and listen, right? And so what's happened is people are just seeking after the gifts of God. And I believe part of this revival, this outpouring awakening that's happening right now is people are actually crying out for God, for the first time in a long time, instead of crying out for the things that God can do for them. I say this all the time to people at rest of the place. When you come to the altar, you know, and you're going to bring him a, a laundry list of all these things you need help with Tell The truth. amount of time that you spent asking God for help spend that amount of time waiting on him to answer you. It's, come I mean, on. it's so sad as we, 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 we give God all these, you know, we need this, 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 and this. And then we get up and we walk away from the altar or wherever we're praying. And we never give God time to respond and talk back to us. And and this is the thing I've been teaching for a long time is, you know, Dr. Chow, who pastored the largest church in mm-hmm. Seoul, South Korea. Uh, I seen an interview with him one time, and they said, "How did you get the largest church in the world? You got a million people." And he said, "It's simple. We pray and we obey." And mm-hmm. the guy who was interviewing was like, "Well, we got there's more to that." He was like, "No, literally, we pray about it. We listen to what he said, and then we." obey what he said and apply it and we do it and the outcome is exactly what he said it would be because we're praying we're listening and we're obeying we pray and obey and so that's what we have been applying at resting places let's pray seek after god hear what he has to say and then let's do it and have the faith that whatever he said we can do we can do it and so i think that's what's happening at, at resting place i feel that's what's happening around our nation, and all the pastors that I know personally, and I've been talking to for the past few weeks. That is what I think they're all. The sentiment is the same: as people are just hungry for something that they haven't been able to get through the world, and God is pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. It's a Joel chapter two moment for us, and and so when we see that, it makes us hungry. When I see people at resting place hungry and thirsting and crying out for God. It does something for me because now I'm thinking all this time I've been praying and believing for these people. And now God's doing it. This is encouraging to me because I know God's Mm -hmm. hearing my prayers. And so it's been it's been it's been a good journey the last few weeks, especially with all this. going on. you
0: know, I think what's going on, too, with this this move that's happening of the spirit is people are beginning to find out God's character again that he's a righteous God, that he's a just God, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he's immovable, he's immutable, that he's, you know, this is the other thing. He's not a man that he should lie. So if if you have a promise from him, I get lots of dreams from God. He He has shown me lots of. things. Some of this is already coming to pass right now as we're speaking. Lots of right. things are happening mm-hmm. right now, and I stood on it even when you know I didn't tell anybody because they would have thought I was nuts. <laughs> you know, but I, but I'm starting to see the yep. fruits of my my belief, my trust in Him, not in me, not in my sinful yeah. ways, in in His perfect nature, right. and and right, I put right. I I've grounded myself in it. Now there's one other promise He's promised me, and it's pretty big. And that one was really hard for me to believe. I'm not going to lie; I've wrestled with this inside my flesh. You know, my flesh and spirit have gone back and forth. But within the last oh, four or five days, I it was like suddenly a, a ton of bricks just hit me, and I felt like the Lord was saying, "Why aren't you proclaiming what I told you? Why are you Why are you Why are you reasoning within yourself? Stand on what I told you." Man, I feel the Spirit right now. You know, so I said, "Okay, wow. Lord, that's what I'm going to do." So every time a a, a a brief half second of doubt enters my mind. I instantly rebuke it and I start spitting sp- out the promise. And I think that's, that's the move that's happening today. These kids are so hungry and they've been lied to so much. And what the pandemic did to them for the last two yeah. and a half years, just yeah. devastated. These kids are walking around in terror for no reason. No reason at all, except that people wanted them to submit to their ways and their indoctrination. Guess what? They're they're in for a rude awakening because when these kids, (laughs) when they catch fire all the way, they're going to be some of the greatest preachers we've ever seen. They're going to be out on the streets. They're going to be healing people. Come on, young lions. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I cannot wait.
2: I a quick story. My cousin, they they live in Louisville, Kentucky, and she, she took her three teenagers to asbury um i used to i was a worship pastor in lexington and have been to asbury a few times and had musicians and vocalists that that uh participated with us um at the rock and anyways she she takes her three teenagers and when they get there she this is what she told me she said ac for all of their life i've been leading them in spiritual moves and spiritual things and I've been the leader. I, you know, her her and her husband Joe, they they've been leading the kids. They've been showing them and being the example. She said, when we walked into Asbury, our three kids kind of pushed us out of the way and led us at night. And mm-hmm. she said, it did something for me to watch these three that I've been leading gently push us out of the way and take the time to lead us in this movement. And it's not that it's not that us veterans, so to speak, are giving away to all the rookies. But if you pay attention, like the Tigers, I'm a Tigers fan. They're in they're in Grapefruit League, spring training right now. And all the veterans and the rookies, they're all coming together and they're practicing together, they're playing together. But those rookies are sitting, you know, in between games and they're picking the brains of people like Miguel Cabrera and one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And so the veteran is still needed to lead and direct, but they understand that some of these rookies are where they were years ago, and it's their time to shine. And so what I was getting out of that when my cousin called was, you know, it's not that none of all of us that have been around for a while in ministry, uh, it's time for us to take a back seat. It's really, and if you look at Asbury, Uh, Everybody, there's some people who are complaining that this is only student led. Listen, that's not that's not accurate. Uh, The the dean, the director, the president, all these people that are leaders sat back and watched. And what what was happening is when they encountered something that they didn't know what to do, they would turn and they would walk to a leader and they would ask, what should we do now? And so now the veterans are still speaking life into these teenagers and young adults, and so it's a movement that's happening that's allowing the sons and daughters to come back to the father, and that's what we're seeing right now. Daughters, not just in the you know supernatural turning back to the father, but sons and daughters are turning back to their spiritual moms and dads, and they're looking for help, but they're also willing to take the lead, and that, my friend is the hunger and the thirst that I was talking about in the beginning that I believe is what is sweeping our nation and and our world. And we're going to see a great outpouring of his spirit happen uh, Mm -hmm. like never before. Really believe this it.
0: is this is the great harvest this is he said the harvesters will be few um, and I've raised my hand several times and said Lord make me a harvester I will be gladly be a harvester in these days you know the the other thing about those kids is the discipleship they are willing to submit themselves to discipleship and That's learn um, and how many adults do you know that need to be discipled but are too proud to submit to somebody and learn We oh, can okay. all learn. Yeah, I know that hurts. <laughs> but I've seen it far too many times. Yeah. yeah, my, daddy, yeah. my daddy,
2: if you ever think that you gotten to the place where there's nothing left for you to learn, you actually never, never learned anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And it's so true. You if you feel like you've learned it all and you know it all, you you really don't know anything because you can never stop learning. You can all you you could have read the Bible 30 times, but on that thirty first time, God gives you a whole new revelation of something that you never got the first 30 times you've reading it. So again, you never stop learning how to live your life, how to live to build the kingdom and how to live to be a mentor and a teacher in a world that's been dying. And so it's time that some of us veterans step up to the plate and say, what, what do we need to do to help you? Um, you know, yeah. That Miguel Cabrera, this is his last year, right? His last hoo- hoorah. And he's going to be playing in all these stadiums for his last time. And what's happening is they're grooming somebody else to replace Miguel Cabrera. But now, Miguel, when he leaves the Tigers, is probably going to go and be a co- coach someplace in his native home country or, you know, and now he's going to start mentoring and teaching himself. And Because that's pretty much what these guys do. They, they Once they're in baseball, they're always in baseball. It's kind of like me. Once you're in ministry, you're always in ministry. So no matter what, we're always supposed to be giving back to building the kingdom of God. Whatever that looks for each individual person, it's different. I get it. But that should be a concept that we never let go of is our job is to help build the kingdom of God. And make sure that ourselves, that we're, we're in good good standing first. But then go after building the kingdom. Let it start our own a home with our own children, our own families, and once we can do that, God will allow us to be mentors and, and coaches and teachers to this next generation that is hungry for more of God, and we'll be able to help walk them through that. I, I really believe that. I'm seeing it happen right now. I mean, I listen, we've got a young lady who is a huge influencer uh, on social media that attends Resting Place. But hundreds of thousands of people watching her. And when she came down and gave her heart to the Lord, I looked at her and, and I said, uh, Don't be afraid to continue to be an influencer. You just may have to change some of the things. <laughs> Shift, that those mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Shift those gears. And those gears. She, she was, got saved. She was going to have to stop. And I was like, No, don't mm-hmm. stop. Look at the platform that you, you <laughs> no. have a platform to, to help change people's lives and build the kingdom of God. And so I've been working with her and, you know, and her coming out of a lifestyle that she was living uh, and and to changing that lifestyle, just, ah, it's just, it's remarkable to watch some of these young adults and, and people who thought that they had it all living a certain lifestyle and, and trying to be an influencer. And, and then God radically changes their life. And they're like, okay, what do I do now? And so, but again, that's a young person coming to me as a veteran to ask for my help. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm going to do it for them. I'm going to help walk her through it.
0: Yeah. That's what we're called to do. You know, I mean, we can't just, I, the the, playing church is over. Those days are over. I mean, the sifting has begun. I thought the sifting began probably about four or five years ago with the church. And it's really going to intensify over the next few months. You're really going to see it shaking and it's to get out the, the moss, the mold, the mildew, all the stuff that's been stagnating the, yeah, that's been stagnating the church, that's going to come to an end. And you're going to see, you're going to see an Acts church, the book of Acts. That's, they were, it's not four walls. Yes, it's, we need a place to gather and sing and worship and all that stuff, but it's going outside. It's not four walls. You are the church. He's our head. Uh He's the spiritual head. And when we go out and we do what he tells us to do, and we, I've said this a million times on my show, stay in your lane. Whatever your giftings and callings are, you're going to fit into the body just the way he intended before yeah. the foundations of the earth. Yeah. And when you know that, when you know deep down inside that you have a gift, and we all have it, you just have to discover it sometimes. And you walk in that, watch what he does. Watch what he does with your life. It's yeah. its incredible. And it's so humbling. That's the other thing, Matt and AC. It is... I, as he grows you as he you know what prospers you and does the things he said he was going to do you would a lot of people might get big-headed they might think wow look what i've done but i gotta tell you most people that i know that actually follow him and do what he said it is an extremely humbling experience in your life yeah yeah. because you realize yeah you realize it had nothing to do with your own power it was all him and it's amazing it's an amazing thing to to watch
1: You know, Pastor A.C. was talking about the fact of faith. And the thing is, when your faith gets activated, then fiction doesn't serve you anymore. That's where it becomes an issue. You know, I mean, that's, that's where it becomes an issue. That's where it became an issue in my life is when my faith becomes activated. When I truly give in, because that's what it takes, I have to actually submit. When I truly submit, my faith becomes activated. Fiction doesn't serve me anymore. All the substances, right. all the, all the things that I found interesting, all the things that were, you know, circumstantial and all the things that were superficial don't, they, they don't equate to anything anymore. And, and right. I, I keep finding this over and over and over again in my own life, because I'm no longer interested in things that truly interested me, things I felt passionate about, I have no passion for, because fiction doesn't serve me any longer. When that faith becomes activated and I connect that faith with a mentor such as, you know, ourselves, when I connect that faith, that's when prayers become reality. That's when, that's what it is. You know, I can go to, I can go to the altar a thousand times and I can ask for prayer for something, but if I don't truly have faith in believing it, then it's going to fall flat. My faith activates prayers. And so when faith becomes active in your life, fiction is no longer relevant.
2: Right. You know, you were talking about Acts just a minute ago. And if you look at Acts chapter two and you see, you know, the greatest explosion of the gospel and of the powering outpouring of the Holy spirit happened in, in Acts chapter two. Uh, But if you read before that, the greatest prayer meeting of all time history is what led them to the explosion Mm -hmm. of the gospel. (laughs) And and it was a 10 day prayer that was Mm -hmm. going on twenty-four-seven, ten 10 days of prayer. And so you see something like what goes on at Asbury and then you, people are in wonder of what, what happened. Here's the thing. If, if our churches would start praying 24 seven for like 10 days, like they did in, in the book of Acts, can you imagine what would come oh, out man. of that? I mean, literally
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: the whole world was changed because of that mm-hmm. prayer meeting. And so mm-hmm. we're seeing Asbury take that step. If, you know, 10, 12, 14 days, whatever was going on with that. And we're seeing the outcome. It's spread across the world. We shouldn't be surprised. That's God's MO. You spend that much time with him. You move his heart to want to do something on your behalf. And so Mm -hmm. that, that would be that. The other thing I want to suggest to going back to the attack on the church, um, if people would read the book of Jude, it's only one chapter long, but read the book of Jude it's called the gateway to revelation for a purpose, but you'll see three different spirits that were designed to run rap in the church. Well, Jezebel was being blamed for everything. These other three came in the back door and most churches never seen it. And the first one was the spirit of Cain, which is to kill your brother. And, uh, you know, I would encourage everybody watching this just go to the book of Jude, read it. It's one chapter long. It is beautiful. But when you read it, it, it makes re- revelation that much more, uh, uh, more of a revelation Tra- to you. Trans- you understand yeah, more it, so mm-hmm. I, I would do that. You'll see, yeah, more transparent. You'll be you'll be able to see it, and that's what I've been teaching. And so when we found out what was going on in Asbury and Lee University and different places, um, I just I knew that we had been overcomers of those spirits that the enemy has been trying to attach to the church to its believers, to its, uh, you know, congregations and whatever else you want to call them. Um, It's been it's been out there. And I believe God is sending his spirit not to just feed the hungry and those who are thirsty, but he's breaking chains off of people's lives right now. He's literally uh, breaking chains of uh, depression, um, anxiety, uh, unbelief, fear, that stuff is being broken off of these young people and people of every, every age right now. And so when I say, when you ask the question, do I believe this is a revival and what about it? It, it definitely is. And I believe, it, again, it's an outpouring of his spirit like in Joel chapter two. But I also believe it is uh, tapping into maybe the end, end time revival that's going to sweep mm-hmm. the world. And I just want to be smack dab in the middle of it, no matter what it is. That's right. If it's only right. going to last for six months or a year, or if we're leading into you know, the end times, I want to be smack dab in the middle of it. Whatever he wants me to do, willing to do it.
0: You don't want to be sitting on your hands. Don't get caught sitting on your hands no. right now. Now's the time to move to, to use your gifts. Yeah. You know, AC, I want to touch on this too. I believe, and, and you might disagree with me on this, but I believe the 501c3 has been a restrainer on the church for a long time. Um, and I, and a no, lot, some people, some, some, oh, do you agree?
3: I agree.
0: Oh, awesome. I don't be okay, the government
2: trying to tell the church what okay. to, Ex- to believe. Excellent. Dude, because I, not even constitutional.
0: I think <laughs> this is, this is one of the reasons that the church is going to be shaken quite a bit this year because God is not playing around anymore. There's no more having the government as the head of the church. The head of the church is oh, always right. supposed to be Jesus Christ, not the government. Right. And, and, you know, all these pastors that have submitted to the 501c3, and I do mean submitted, they've bowed to the pressure of the government. You know, look what they did yeah. during COVID, <laughs> during the lockdowns. All these guys, you know, forced their churches to be locked down and shut, couldn't gather anymore. And then when they got back together, forced them to wear masks. these This isn't spiritual leaders. These are weaklings. These are oh. babies, if, they're, they're if have, anything, in Christ.
2: Uh, having church. Pastors were thrown in jail because of that
0: mm-hmm.
2: during that COVID.
0: Or whatever it was. Yeah, the pastor Sorry. in Canada. I forgot his name. I can never <laughs> pronounce his name. The, the Polish well, guy. Well, there was, he was another one in California,
2: just... and mm-hmm. and they they all right. No, he actually he just sued the state of California and won, but mm-hmm. uh, because they, they kept taking jail, they kept suing him. Kept that was John MacArthur, and yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it that it's been crazy what they've been trying to do. But I, I will tell you this: um, we're doing a it's called biblical citizenship in modern America. It's one of our life groups right now at resting place. And we're in the fourth going in our fifth of it. And it's really learning how the constitution was created through the Bible. And we are learning depth of the people that was involved there in Philadelphia when the constitution was signed and, and just a whole lot of amazing information. But one of the things that we keep going, coming across in the constitution and bill of rights and different things that are out there for us is the government has no right in controlling the church unless we give them the right that's and the it. 501c3 in my opinion was created to give them the right to control the church that's, that's it. Right. and so we we have to be cautious with that i understand why churches use it mm-hmm. um but they they've done it because that's the typical thing that churches do um there's other ways to uh be a church and be legitimate without going through 501c3 and if anybody hearing this podcast wants that information please let me know and i'll be glad to our accountants have been amazing with trying to figure this stuff out um and we're we're we love it and we're thankful for it but let me ask you guys a question can we do part two of this <laughs> i would love <laughs> you... to continue this yeah, all you guys absolutely. Are, but listen my phone is on two percent and i'm <laughs> sitting here and i have no power cable in my vehicle and i'm about to get cut off
1: oh we're and gonna I'm do i'm wondering
2: if do a part two. i know we got a little over an hour tonight in but i would love to do a part two with you guys Let's if, go. if that's
0: absolutely man nope anytime you want you come back yes sir Platforms. Well, listen,
2: first of all, I just want to pray a special blessing over you guys. Absolutely. uh, Thanks. That you're doing, building the kingdom, over over the podcast, over the ministry, that God will continue to pour out his blessings upon you guys, and uh, that God will continue to bring the right people uh, in contact with you that uh, will help spread the gospel and build the kingdom of heaven. Um, And listen, get ready. God's about to do some things in this region, in Detroit, and I, I'm telling you, mark my word. You're going to see miracle signs and wonders happen like never before.
0: Let's go. Amen. Amen. I'm all for it. I, I've been waiting for that. I, Detroit, I've heard often. Kim Clement, when he used to have his his ministry here in Detroit yes. back in the early yes. 2000s, he used to talk about Detroit being the hub of the revival. So, yeah, that was back yeah. in, gosh, oh2 or 03, I think he was saying that. Yeah. Let's, yeah, do, yeah. It.
1: Even Let's so do it. Come Let's do it. Brother. Jesus
0: amen thank you so All right, much, ac thanks yeah much. thanks for coming on man appreciate it good meeting I brother,
1: my friend I
0: it. take care yes oh that was cool man good guy yeah
1: he's my dude man that guy's a he's a that guy he is he is so powerful i'm telling you what it's not a wonder that he actually did uh, so much musically, because I swear if you've seen a worship leader, it blew my mind. I knew him before I'd seen him worship for a while. But then when I actually went to resting Place, his church that he's 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 been working on, you know, building for the last year, he kept inviting us out and we went out there to see a service. And this man, when I walked in there, it's funny that you mentioned that we look so much alike because the fact is, like, people were <laughs> like, crazy. Pastor AC. They were coming up to me and I'm like, I'm not Pastor AC. And they were like, what? You know, like, I've, I've met people at other churches and they're like, oh, yeah, you're the musician. And I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> that's AC. <laughs> like, people always confuse us because I guess the hat, the glasses, the beard, you know, like the whole deal. But... But I went and I actually walked into that church and I heard him worshiping. I was like, "Wow, <clears throat> this guy! Holy smokes!" And he—you want to talk about laying it all out there, you know? Like he—he he literally comes off of that that piano sweating, and then walks up and then walks up to the pulpit, sets down his Bible, sets down his iPad, and then gives you a message that will bring nothing but truth to you he's a, he's, he, he's a real one. He's a real one. That's, why I, wanted, that's why I wanted to have him, you know, come on the show. And I was reaching out to him earlier today and I was just kind of laying things out for him. And he asked how long. And I was like, yeah, usually we go about, a, we go about two hours. And he was just like, Oh, <laughs> that's a thing because he's in such high demand, you know, like God is doing such a work in his life right now that he's going here, there, everywhere. I mean, he flies, he was, he was doing music ministry for a a friend of his church in Baltimore. And so he was flying back and forth to Baltimore every week. Oh my gosh. And he, he did that for, I, I can't even tell you how long, to be honest with you. I mean, he could, he could probably be a better Testament to that, but it seemed like a really long time. Like every time I turned around, he was flying to Baltimore He was flying to Baltimore. He was flying to Baltimore. And uh, I guess now at that church that that he was at, they actually have, like, someone to take his place to where he can be full-time here um, and and invest in resting place. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just really trying to make a move for God. And I I just – I really, really love that guy. We went and uh, – For sure, man. For sure, it's like nothing. It's it's like it's like most people you don't encounter. He knows his truth, you know, and he's had his he's had his checkered past, just like we all have. He's had his periods of, you know, being backslidden, and his periods of like pure honesty. He's just a he's a real one, and I really really respect him for that, you know. And it's just a it's it's something that uh, I feel like God has ordained our relationship and. And so yeah, I definitely feel like we need to have him come back a, maybe oh, even yeah. a few times.
0: I was going to say he'll be because a regular if, guest.
1: <laughs> if you want to hear some things. You want to hear mm. some things, man. He yeah. he'll tell you the truth. I want
0: see this is the time, the era of time in the church that we're moving into that I've I've been waiting for this for a long time. Like I, I knew it was coming. I could feel it inside. Um, oh, uh, hang on, Plan Patriot. I have to figure this out. Just tried to click on the Zoom, and it's okay. So, Plan. If you have Zoom on your phone or Zoom on your computer, all you have to do is take that link and plug it in, and then I'll let you in from the waiting room uh oh it's she's got to do an update okay so she's plant patriot a good friend is going to be calling in she has an awesome awesome testimony that just happened uh, and it was funny when ac was actually talking about something earlier and i was like wow that sounds just like plants testimony so <laughs> she's going to be calling in in a few once her uh update it looks like she's got to update it. it says yeah it says uh and it said it's not in the app store anymore that's weird no. yeah need to update no. okay well if that you yeah lying. i mean it, yeah, if I don't know if you have an iPhone or Android, but either way, yeah, just have the app on your phone and then it's it's really easy. Um, and if you don't want to come on video, you don't just, I don't, it should connect only audio first and then it'll ask you if you want to do video too. So you should be okay. But I can't wait for this testimony because she she DM'd me a couple days ago and I literally started crying reading it because we had been praying for this specific miracle. I don't want to give it away um, for a while now. In fact, if you look at our crawler up there, her name is up there, Plants, Plant Patriots Family, because um, she's they've had a hard, they've had a rough go. I mean, there's been a lot of health issues going on in her yeah. immediate family. So it's a really, really cool testimony. And I love when God does things like this because all that's gonna do is edify us more. And it's gonna make us, you know, rebuke the devourer. You know, when you guys were talking about faith, I was thinking of the woman with the issue of blood. Yeah, that yeah. woman, if you think about this, there was hundreds, maybe maybe thousands of people in the streets of Jerusalem, and she was waiting for Jesus. She knew he was going to be in town, and she's sitting there waiting, waiting. This woman's sick. She's not feeling good for 12 years. She has blood coming out of her body that shouldn't be coming out, and what does she do? She somehow, some way, she, she says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, and she works her way through the crowd and she reaches out and touches his garment and what did jesus say he said i felt someone touch me i felt virtue leave my body and the disciples are like what are you talking about of course people are touching you. there's th- there's hundreds of people around like trying to touch you and he says no 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 this one's different this one because you know, he was basically saying she had faith to believe she didn't she was she was that's faith matt i mean she like literally had reached out and says if i just touch him.'" I know I can be healed. I know. Not to even solve touch the him,
1: but just his garment. His just garment. Yeah, it's amazing. Just what he's wearing. I'll be I'll be <clears> right <throat> back. I'll, I'll be back in just a minute.
0: Yeah, yeah. So guys, uh super, super excited to hear this tone testimony. I, I know most of you probably already know it because I think she mentioned it over in Better Lately's chat the other day and and also I know that um, she was probably DMing some of you guys too because she's so excited. It's just such an awesome thing. I remember when God healed my wife's back. Oh gosh, it was probably, this was in 2003, I think. Um, This is a time when I'm just starting to come to the Lord and he's really doing some things in my life and my wife was messed up. She got an epidural shot when my daughter was born and it jacked up her back and lots of trauma. Um, I remember the chiropractor looked at her back X-ray, and he says, "What did you do? Were you in a car accident?" You know, that's how bad it was, and and she couldn't, she could hardly get up. She had pain all the time, couldn't lift the kids, couldn't feed the kids, and I'm miserable. My business is failing at the time. I had lots going on. I've told you guys my testimony, and I just, I remember praying. I'm like, "Lord, you got to heal her." And I didn't even know anything at that time. I mean, I hardly knew the Bible. I knew maybe a couple verses that I'd memorized, and. I had a supernatural event that night where the Lord just spoke to me, literally audibly. Uh, If it wasn't audibly, it sure sounded like it. Um, And he said, touch your wife's back. And and before that I had, I've given you this testimony before that, you know, I, it felt like electrical shocks going through my body. And I literally thought I was dying for a while. And then it turned into the most pleasant experience I've ever had. and, And this overwhelming feeling of love and peace and joy that flowed through my body. And, and then he spoke again, he said, touch your wife's back. And then this is, you know, midnight. And I'm thinking if I wake up my wife, she's gonna kill me because she hardly sleeps anymore. She's she's so, <laughs> in so much pain. But then I said, okay, Lord, you're gonna have to wake her up. And like a couple seconds later, I hear her getting up out of bed because the baby started crying and uh, woke her up. And she comes out, comes downstairs, she limps downstairs, to, gets a bottle for the baby. And, I, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, now I gotta go like pray for her. She thinks I'm nuts already. <laughs> And so I, so I put my hand on her back and I, Matt, I'm telling you, I didn't even know like how to pray. Like I was, I'm talking baby, baby Christian. And I'm, I said, I think I repeated Isaiah 53, you know, by his stripes, you are healed. Cause I had just yep. read a book from my pastor about that. And she, she said, okay, thanks. <laughs> kind of sarcastically walks back upstairs, <laughs> limps, whatever. And the next day, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, I've lost my mind. God just talked to me. I, he must not have really talked to me. I must've been crazy, you know, and I go to work, I come home that day, and she's dancing in the, in the kitchen. And she come calls it her little, calls it her little jig, man. And he healed her completely. And it was like, from that moment on, it was like, I was like, who is this God that I don't know? Like, <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> You're about to find out. I'm about to find <laughs> He did so many things in that period of time in my life to lead me to faith. And it's weird just looking back, you know, 20 years now, and thinking, wow, that really happened. And look what he's done in my life. Look what he's done with my family's life. We're all believers. My whole family's believers now. You know, my, well, my immediate family. Um, and it's just incredible. And I know where he's leading us now. Like, this is the time that I've been waiting for. And to see it, you know, and then AC just kind of confirms it, you know, that, yeah, man, this is it. Like, I'm feeling it too. Like, we're all, if you've been chasing after him and pursuing him, you know inside that this is the moment. This is what he is. Yeah, he's built you can feel for. the stir. You
1: can feel the stir that's going on. There's definitely, there's definitely a change in the atmosphere, and uh, you know, those of us that have been seeking understanding for such a long time, we can see, we can see what's coming. And that's, you know, that's not only the fact that uh, you know you can see, you can see the fiction that exists in society, but you can also see the fact that exists in our future. And so I was actually just walking along with my wife because she likes to take walks on nice days. You know, she's been she's been locked up in the house since March of
0: 2020. Oh, my God.
1: So so we're talking we're talking three years. She's been at home. Uh, Thankfully, you know, God has he's preserved her position and, and she's been able to keep working. But. You know, she gets stir crazy. And the funny thing is she's never really, she was never really one to want to be out there in nature. You know, she's not that type of roll and tumble girl where she just wants to get out there and take a walk in the woods. But then as, as God has done more and more of a work in her life now, she's like, I want to be out in the nature. I want to see the birds. I want to, I want to appreciate the majesty of God. And, you know, I want to go and see things and experience things. And it's become a a real thing. And we were walking and I was just telling her about, you know, the thing is, what we don't understand is all these things have been happening behind the scenes because we've been distracted um, from even our faith because of everything that they keep putting in front of our faces. But the thing is, if if you focus on your faith, then you can see through the fiction that's happening in front of you. Uh, you can definitely feel a stir. The atmosphere is changing, and I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for revelation to fall down. I'm excited for people to find truth. You know, uh, Pastor AC, or even you, made a reference earlier about how people would think that you were crazy. To be quite honest with you, I'd rather be considered crazy than lazy. You Absolutely. know, I mean, because when things when things come down to absolute truth and when all those fictions start to fall and when all those you know those falsities that have existed in our society that have even molded our children and our generations when they start to fall down even those that supported it won't be able to deny and so then they'll realize okay was was i wrong were they really crazy or were they trying to tell me something you know, it kind of goes back to what Pastor A C was talking about, how the 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 validity of mentors. There, there's no there's no point of becoming, I guess, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Obsolete when it comes to faith. It's just like it's just like with a with soldiers in in a war zone. There's still highly decorated generals out there. They might not be taking the fight, but they're there in the tents waiting for those that need understanding. And so it's just kind of where we're at. This is our position. And, you know, the farther the farther that we drive through this, the more that the younger generations are going to start to become hungry and they're going to need to know what happened before they knew what was true. You know, um, what, what did we see? You know, like What did we see? What did we actually experience in our lives before they knew what was the truth? And honestly, I say that young people, but I think I take that lightly because it's not even young people. It's pastors that have been asleep. It's leadership that's been asleep that they felt like they went through the motions and they've been doing all the, you know, dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. And because of that, they felt like they were in right order. But when order comes into the church, When order comes into the body of believers, that's when you start to believe, that's when you start to actually understand how far out of order you truly were, you know, and, and that's the, that's the tricky part is like that whole concept of order and discipline. You know, I had a, I had a conversation with Pastor AC uh, last week and I was talking to him about the fact that people have this concept that pastors or um, leadership are unapproachable. And I've I've learned that in my own experience. I've had even family members and things that I've encountered where they're just like, they're unapproachable. You can't approach them. The
3: thing
1: is, if we can't
0: learn- Caller, caller, I'm gonna need you to mute your stream. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> you get to do a bullier like that. She's, I get to. She, she I like, get to do my Red Pill seventy eight impression.
1: <laughs> She's trying so hard to get on the call. I know. I,
4: can you hear me?
0: You we came, loud dude. and clear. Five by five. So How you are you?
4: Okay. Sorry. Good. How are you?
0: Good. I'm good. It's been a good. long time since you called in.
4: It is. It has been a long time. Um. It's funny. I couldn't pull up Foxhole on my phone. I'm watching on my iPad so I can see all the stream key stuff, and I couldn't access Foxhole from my phone, so I had to type in that whole long password. Oh,
0: my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, how many, liar. and And you actually got it right on the first try?
4: I did. I did. It's wow. a miracle, the Lord Jesus. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Two miracles in one week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. You perfect. know what? Okay, so
0: before before we get into your testimony, I got to pay some bills here because we do have sponsors now. And folks, <laughs> folks, if you're having a, I, I got it. This is my, you know, this is where I go into. Get a pillow. Mode. Get, and, get and, some Z and, stack. Yeah. Do if, it. If you're if you're tired, <laughs> if you're waking up feeling lethargic and restless, you need a new pillow. And what yeah. better place to get a pillow than from our good friend and fellow patriot and Christian brother in Christ, Mike Lindell's My Pillow. Well, he's right, actually Right, over man. There. am I, am I, yeah, he's, I know, right, I he's over here, yeah. yeah. I can never get it
1: right because the camera flips it. He's down right, there, so you see him. <laughs>
0: let me, let me play a couple, a minute of commercials and then we will be right back with plants. Look, look, this is what we call a cliffhanger. We're, we're going to just let it hang there for a minute. Here we go. All right,
1: let's go.
3: In light of the recent events, your continued support means everything to myself and my employees. To thank you for having the biggest sale ever on all my pillow bedding. Get my pillow bed sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. A set of pillowcases for only nine ninety-eight. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a my pillow mattress topper for as low as ninety-nine ninety-nine. We also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, like plush, waffle, or gossamer for as low as twenty-nine ninety-eight. We even have pet blankets from small size to the ones for your car. Get huge discounts on duvets. Quilts, down comforters, and so much more. So go to mypillow.com or call that number on your screen. Use your promo code, and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding, including my pillow bed sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. Get all your shopping while quantities last. Please order now. It's a general uh, immune health preventive strategy. So you
2: need vitamin D, then you need zinc, which is the bullet, and then to form a functioning gun. You need vitamin C and quercetin. Patients were having trouble
3: sourcing it because it was four different ingredients that were not always available in the same place. They had trouble finding the right doses. It was a puzzle that was a little too complex
2: for people to put together. So I was asked to produce something that has everything in one package. So with the help of my colleagues, we
3: were able to produce a compound called Z-Stack, which basically has Vitamin C, vitamin D, and most importantly, it has quercetin and zinc. And all I'm allowed to say is that it's an immune booster and nutritional supplement, which it is.
0: All right, guys, thank you so much for waiting. And um, before we get into plants, awesome testimony. Look, another cliffhanger. Here we go. I gotta. Sorry, sorry, Plant. I, I can I call you by your name or do I call you Plant?
4: No, that's all right. I was gonna say I gotta go. I gotta go buy some sheets. Just kidding.
0: Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Do it, everyone. Let me. Let me just let tam growl Thank you so much for the can. I appreciate that. There you go. And yes, that's a beer can on a Christian show. I know, I know. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't condemn me for it. Don't okay, so, so yeah. Plant Patriot said she's nervous in the chat. Plant, let, let me tell you something. I remember the first time I ever called in to anybody's show, and it was Red Pill Seventy-Eights. Okay, this is probably like, oh gosh, it's probably four years ago now. And I remember. I know, oh my gosh i was like having like uh what do they call that when you're having a uh like an attack like uh, um, almost anxiety like asthma attack. yeah anxiety yeah. attack i was i was like freaking out i'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh I got, what am i gonna say what if i screw up what if i you know and i wasn't on camera that was just a phone call the first time
3: so <laughs> see, you know i then
0: i and and i know i was and it's so weird because it's like you know it's just a zoom call <laughs> like you know i what right, am i getting so worked right, up right, about? Right. but i knew there was like he had a lot of people watching so i was kind of nervous you know, so I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do it again. Then it was like a couple weeks later I called in and I was showing my face and then I, you know, and then you just get more comfortable doing it. Like now I heard, there are times I still get a little stage fright before I go live. Like if I know, if, if I have a, you know, a guest coming on that's, you know, renowned or somebody knows that, you know, then I'm like, oh man, I hope I don't screw this up, you know, but I don't know. It's funny when I just pray, I'm like, okay, God, you're in control. You're going to take care of the anxiousness like you always have. Cause I've always been an anxious person inside and he does so plant well
4: i don't take some know deep if you breaths remember, the last time that I, talk, I called in and i was talking to you and michael i did actually have an asthma attack i don't know if you remember that you or did? Not, but i oh, do yeah.
0: i don't remember that no
4: yeah i had to go real quick and my daughter's like running downstairs to get my inhaler it's like it was oh my so,
0: gosh
4: it's like somebody didn't want me to say what i was saying <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. all right <laughs> well let's yeah. all right
0: i'm gonna lord I pray right now that our sister in Christ does not have an asthma attack. We command in the name of Jesus Christ that she will not have an attack while giving the testimony. Because the the devil, we know the devil doesn't want people to hear the testimony. But God is the almighty one and he's the protector of us all and he wants the testimony given out because we need to build each other up. We got to edify the church. That's what this is. That's what these miracles are for. Not just the person and for the family. It's for others. So, all right. So with all that, Let's hear it. This is so amazing. I'm so happy.
4: I um well first of all I don't think I'll have an asthma attack cuz I'm I've been so happy all day long. Um ever since I heard uh, it was literally just like a year ago that only a year my sister got diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer. It had invaded one of her ribs. Um she had gone into the hospital. She had like I don't know like a liter and a half of fluid removed from her chest cavity. Um, it was a really devastating diagnosis. We lost her twin to colorectal cancer about in 2019, right before all the crazy COVID stuff happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, these are my two big sisters. I come from a big family. There's eight of us. These are the first born the twins. It was a big deal to lose my other sister. And I thought, gosh, you know, I can't lose my other sister. And, um, she, she's gone, she didn't have like traditional treatment. She never had like chemo or radiation. She went on a medicine, which I wasn't happy about, to be honest with you, with all the stuff that we've, you know, we've been through with Big Pharma. Mm-hmm. But um, she, at one point, she had a really bad um, bout of, how can I put this? She had come here to Ohio to visit her kids. Her kids both live here. And her sister, of course, to me, <laughs> um, but uh she really was feeling really bad at that time, and um here she ended up in the hospital while she was here. She was having a really hard time breathing, and I think the first the minute that they heard oh she 's got stage four lung cancer, nobody really took it too seriously at the time. long story short, for the course of a couple months, she had developed what was called pneumonitis um reason why she was having trouble breathing was this pneumonitis um just it can almost cause like scar like tissue in your lungs it had nothing to do with the cancer it probably had everything to do with the treatment but um so we just went through that
0: was she doing chemo
4: no she didn't know chemo or radiation i think she might have taken pills in the very beginning like chemo pills Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't for very long but at the same time the just prayer uh just sort of standing just literally standing on I fully believe in healing I've experienced it myself I've witnessed it myself I've had firsthand I've witnessed it and um her attitude the whole time I have to tell you my other sister I don't mean to I'm going to try to make this real short my other sister she was a believer she loved the Lord but at the same time um I think from the minute she heard cancer, I don't think she thought she was going to get better. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) And um, my sister, my other sister, she just had such a positive attitude from the beginning. Um, Completely opposite of what I would have expected from her, but she was just, I don't want to say okay with it. You're not okay with that, but she just had a really positive attitude through the whole thing. And, Long story short, with um, prayer and uh, she hasn't even been taking any medicine because of the pneumonitis, that's where I was going with the pneumonitis. She had to get um, healed from the pneumonitis before they would resume any kind of treatment. So she was just now gotten better from the pneumonitis. And so she went to have her scans to see where she's at so that they could resume treatment. And she has been declared cancer free.
0: So It is
4: amazing, amazing. isn't it amazing?
0: And you know, and you know, it was stage four because she was diagnosed, right? You have the the medical reports, yes,
4: yeah Oh, absolutely, it had spread to her ribs,
0: yeah. She Um, was
1: diagnosed. (laughs) Well,
4: that you know, that's I you always wonder too because you know, I always wonder what I would do in that situation. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I would do traditional treatments and that kinds of thing, but um. It's just amazing to me. The whole thing with the pneumonitis, though, was really frustrating because the minute the doctors, she was in like a hospital here for like 10 days. And then uh, she was went back in the hospital twice when she went home to Florida. And, you know, the minute I felt like every time the doctors just heard stage four cancer, I'm having trouble breathing. They just automatically assumed that it was the cancer. And it wasn't yep. the cancer. It had nothing to do with the cancer. Amazing. It was this pneumonitis. But like so I said, I, so did, she she went to go have her scans to see where she's at with the cancer, so they can resume cancer treatment. And yeah, she's
1: no surprise she, there.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: it's amazing, amazing. Amazing, so you,
0: amazing Isn't it? Isn't it funny how the Lord used something like pneumonitis to show the doctors that there's no cancer? Like well, to to actually, you know, isn't that weird? Like that that
4: or to remove they, the cancer, whatever it was. Way, it yeah. just mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Just, I I just think it's amazing. She did have cancer. Um, like I said, she's seen the scans and all that kind of stuff. Um, she wasn't with the cancer though. She wasn't to the point yet. She wasn't having trouble breathing, um, with the cancer. She had no, Mm -hmm. like she had a few bouts of, she would feel real weak and she would feel like she was going to pass out. Um, but like I said, it was just one of those things. It's just absolutely amazing to me. And I cannot tell you how much it means to me to not, lose my other big sister oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. yeah so how so what's she saying about it i mean is she like does she say thank you know she thanking the lord i mean i don't oh, where course, where was she at with course. her friend? okay good, she, good, she, good
4: she's very yes yes and i think okay. too like I said that was her 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 attitude through the whole thing too you know um just this acceptance of it is it's in god's hands you know it didn't mm-hmm. matter you know what she did or what anybody you know it it it, it it was all in God's hands. So she almost, in a sense, wasn't even worried about it. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, to- you know, totally. Her, her attitude oh, yeah. through the whole thing was so amazing, especially in contrast to her twin and how my other sister handled cancer. It was just amazing. The strength and just her attitude through the whole thing was wonderful.
0: I, I think the attitude is a huge, huge part. In it comes every, from faith. How, yeah, Everything. because... I've, I've, I've seen way too many people die of cancer in my family and friends, lots of friends, it's just, it's an insane amount of people. And the ones that have survived that, you know, maybe it didn't get to the level of your sister's stage four, but it was, you know, maybe like my brother's a good example. My brother had, when he was 21 or 22, he was diagnosed, I'm sorry, he was 19. Actually, he was diagnosed with, um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, wow. And I, th- and that was before I was really a believer, but I was praying to God. Trust me. I was like, I can't lose my younger brother. He's a baby. <laughs> you know, he's 10 years younger than me. I'm like, there's just no way. Wow. And, um, and I remember, um, I mean, he was at death's door. He literally was, it was state, it got to stage four, uh, his wow. white blood cells were down to pretty much nothing. He was whittling away. At, it was just terrible. And then, um, now this, I, you know, This is the miracle of science uh adult stem cells were injected him at the time it was a new technology at the university of michigan and they were one of the leading universities doing this and he had been at another local hospital that they pretty much just wrote him off they said you know he's just get ready for a funeral Um, wow my mom yeah my mom and dad said no 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 we're going to u of m and we'll they'll take care of it and and god i feel like you know god led him there um and within 17 days he at that point he was the fastest recovery in the history of the stem cell treatment Um, So within 17 days, he went from death's door to gaining weight and fully recovering. And he's never had a, he had one little bout when he was about uh, 30 years old and it went away, you know, so he, now he's, what is he, 43. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, to me, that's a miracle. Uh, I felt like God led my mom and dad to to U of M and to those doctors. And otherwise most people would have just said, okay, well, you know, I'm at this hospital. What, what's the difference if I go to another one? You know, so oh
4: no, it makes a difference. <laughs>
0: yeah, def- yeah, definitely, especially if you know the hospital I'm talking about. <laughs> I, we've we've had lots of bad luck in that hospital. Uh, wow. So, so that's awesome. So, is, what's your sister doing now? Is she like what's she planned on doing. I mean, like obviously, well, she's living getting it up. her
4: strength back. Um, you know how it is with the the pneumonitis. Really did knock her down as far as you know, just getting up to do anything um Was a huge exertion, so she wasn't doing a whole lot. So it's really just building up her strength. But it's wonderful to hear her calling me from the car because she's going shopping. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, instead of you know what That's are you awesome. doing? I'm you know laying on the couch. I haven't been able to get up today. It's like, oh, I'm heading to Kohl's. I need some new clothes. You know, better than the <laughs> it, hospital, bed. yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So, I'll take that. So
4: absolutely. it's awesome. So awesome. Yeah. So
0: so wonderful. So, plant off the uh, beaten path here a little bit. So, are you going to make the trek up here to Michigan for our our uh, big roundup, Patriot Roundup? When is it? So, D Patriot's been organizing it. <laughs> I feel so bad for her. She's just—we've been She's DMing. She's amazing.
4: A bit, she, just she is, is I,
0: all over it. It's incredible. She lives in New Jersey. She's—I think this is her maybe her fourth one she's set up now so she travels and goes around so she's coming here i think we decided may now it's going to be like mid to late may because the weather would be pretty good here then um but it keeps we have quite a few there's a lot of michigan patriots i didn't realize how many of us there were i mean there's there's a lot so they're all putting in their opinions in the dms you know like where we should go and what area of the state we've decided southeast michigan is where most of us live where i am at so everything is within about 25 minutes of my house every every place they've talked about and I've suggested a few places and she's <laughs> I feel so bad for him because if if you if you read the DMs everybody's got their opinion you know you know how it is when you got a big group of <laughs> that's people That's why I like, said it, she's
4: amazing because it is that's a really difficult thing to do to make everybody happy
0: really hard and so we've i think you know they're they're discussing well maybe we should do a state park or maybe we should do like a pavilion i'm like you know what the weather in michigan in may is so unpredictable it could be <laughs> 80, like 80 Ohio, deg- yes. oh it could be 80 <laughs> no, degrees one day and, or it could be slowing exactly and i'm like <laughs> i don't want to deal with that garbage so we're let's we're talking indoors. restaurant it's going to be like a restaurant or a bar that has a big room we can all hang out. It's not going to be too loud. Like we talked about some, like maybe a casino or something, but it's just too loud in there. No one will be able to, you know, talk. If
4: or... I went to a casino, I wouldn't be visiting. I would be. <laughs> uh...
0: I know.
1: I, don't... I haven't. You know what's his? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
0: it's... I, I haven't been in a casino in a long evil. time.
4: Hold on. Man. Get out of here! The dog <laughs> found her squeaky ball. and She's standing at my feet, squeaking <laughs> her
0: ball. You oh, two, throw it then? two, two rivers in the chat said that I thought I recognized her accent from Michigan. No, she's from Ohio. <laughs> well, two rivers, I think I two rivers. I think you're in Michigan, aren't you? Up in uh, well, I don't want to see docs you, but I think you're in. Well, you're in state three rivers area. is oh. in Michigan. <laughs> that's true, and in uh, Pennsylvania. Right?
4: Michigan is closer to me too. I mean, that's probably it's. A,
0: from where you're at, it's it's about less, probably about two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
4: that would like, ah! like how close to Detroit? Because we used to go to Detroit.
0: Um, we're like 25 minutes. Now where we're talking, it's probably 45 minutes outside of Detroit. Yeah. Which but way? But it would though, actually. Um, it would south? be. It would actually. It would northeast. be. It would be east, east. Yeah, southeast actually. So you would well, technically this would be a little northeast, I guess, where we're talking. Yeah. But you, um, but it's it's about two hours from where you're at. So Yeah, that's that.
4: not bad at all. Hey, if I used to go to MGM all the time up there, I can certainly uh-huh. come in. And-
0: oh yeah, yeah. yeah. See, a test do it, Matt. Test test casino. Many,
4: I have Plant been Patriot is
0: many. not a real Christian, Matt.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I um I haven't been to a casino. I think I was at it must have been 2018 we went to Las Vegas because my nephew got married. So it's been a while. So I got a clean slate where that's concerned. <laughs> so,
0: okay. Um, um, I also,
4: um, I have a brother who lives in Fenton. So, um, oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's only,
0: uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes for me. Yeah.
4: Yeah. See, so I could come to do that and then I could go stay with my brother. That way I wouldn't have to drive home.
0: So, yeah. It's going to be go. fun. I can't wait. I, I love meeting up with everybody. When I went down to that, um, that thing down there in Ohio with uh, Red Pill and chair Majewski. And, and it turns out, like, I, I'm so bummed out Neo was there. And I didn't even, It was so funny. Did you see when I had Neo on the show a few weeks ago?
4: Yes, I did. Yes, yes.
0: Okay. it was. I'm talking to her. And I don't know why all of a sudden it dawned on me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You were sitting right in front of me at that... That roundup, and we didn't even know each other at the time. And she's like, "Oh my gosh, we're like literally five feet apart, and we never said hi or anything, you know." And it's and it was weird. But I, I met I met TikTok that night, you know, uh, Season Pixels, and obviously Red Pill, Bams, and Jr. Do you
4: know you don't know how close I came to go into that? That is literally like forty minutes from from me. Oh man, and it was, I was a great time. Oh so bad, but um, I don't like to drive. I, I I have a hard time driving at night. And I don't, especially when I don't know where I'm going. And I wanted so bad, my sister, the one that has a cancer, well, had the cancer, mm-hmm. I wanted her to to go and do that with me because she would love it. They've been to Trump rallies and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, they're down there in Florida. And uh, she, for whatever reason, couldn't go with me that night. And I was so bummed. I watched it live and I was just so bummed that I couldn't go do that that night. But wouldn't, wouldn't that have been amazing? Like I said, just oh to, yeah. yeah, you know, it was, it was a weird each, idea who each other's were at that point. I, yeah,
0: know? exactly. It was a weird night because, uh, me and my wife, I, I told her like two days before, I'm like, <laughs> we're going down to Ohio. We're going to go watch, you know, see red pill and Jeremy juice. She's like, okay, cool. I'm like, Oh wow. She said, yes. Okay. So that was a good start. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, we, it was like a two hour drive and it was pretty rural where, where he lives. Uh, he's right on the lake there, kind of a cool little area. And it was, it was pretty cold that night too. It was November, early November. And so, but there was like a hundred and gosh, probably 150 people there maybe like at its peak. Um, and I met a ton of, like, we were just hanging out, having a great time. You know, he, he had a bunch of barbecued stuff and, and red, but I felt terrible. Cause that was the night red pill got, uh, everybody got purged on, on what was it? Twitter, YouTube, yes, like Facebook, yes. like he, he got nuked that night. Like they hit everything. And then his cat died the same day. So yes. he was having a really bad night. But I got, you know, I went up to him. I'm like, bro, you know, like, and I've told you before. Like, I mean, me and him only lived like 30 minutes apart when he was here in Michigan. And we right. didn't even know it. Like, it was funny until, you know, when he was getting ready to move. He t- he's Actually, that night he told me where he lived. And I'm like, you're kidding me. We're like 25 minutes from each other, you know? And so, you know, he, it was cool. He, t- <laughs> you know, he came down from the stage. We talked for about 10 minutes or whatever and took a pitch or whatever. And and uh, and it was cool, like, finally getting to meet people that, we like minded. That was the cool thing. Like we all were on the same page. We're not crazies. You know what I mean? We're just like a bunch of people that like hanging out and talking about the same stuff. And it was it was really cool. It was just like a, I had such a great time. Um, but the drive home kind of sucked because we didn't leave until like, oh, gosh, I think we left at like 1230 or one o'clock at night. Oh, so, you yeah. know, two hours and, and I'm, and my wife's sleeping and I'm like half asleep at the wheel trying to get home safely. But, and then there was a guy also from Michigan that was down there. He had a three hour drive and he rode a motorcycle.
4: Oh, and I'm my... like, do... I think the weather was really bad that night. Wasn't it raining? It was
0: cold. It was, well, it wasn't raining, but it was cold. It was, it had to be like, I think it was like 28, 27. Yeah, 30, it was like really,
4: really, that's, I, that's one yeah. thing I do remember thinking that, well, I'm glad I kind of glad I didn't go because it seemed like the weather was awful.
0: Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah it was it was fun but, i i look forward to the one coming up here i can't wait um and i'm very I thankful. i wish well d- you d- do that if d
4: Patriot's yeah, listening. you should
0: do it you should do it you should come up it'll be fun um i i i think we have it settled it seemed like today like she was kind of nailing it down to it, it there's a uh, city camp called uh, brighton right now that one would be a little west uh, that would be Northwest of, from where I'm at. Um, so that would probably be a little bit longer for you, maybe another extra 20 minutes or so. Uh, but it's all expressway. I mean, it's pretty easy to get to, uh, or it's going to be in downtown Rochester, which is a really cool town. Um, I like it down there. That's, that's only like 20 minutes from my house, but, um, Matt, you're in, you're on the other side, right? You're like, where are you at? i Township. Side? Oh, Clinton Township. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm in yeah. Clinton Township. That's where my my business, I used to have my business in Clinton Township. So, yeah, see, yeah. it's nice so, cuz I try to
4: make my husband bring me and then my brother lives right there. So, we'd Excellent. probably stay the night with my brother. So,
0: Yeah, Fenwood well, would go. be about 30 minute drive from Brighton. Yeah, Maybe that's not even cuz right. that's actually cuz that's actually right straight across. That might be quicker actually. Yeah. yeah cool huh.
4: that sounds fun i'm we might well i might do that <laughs>
0: you should you should so you're, but yeah. uh your husband you don't think your husband would want to hang out
4: oh he he yeah he's he he yes if, if i could get him to actually do it yes he would he would have a blast he'd probably have more fun than i would
0: Yeah. We'd,
4: <laughs> no we'd be, all have a he, good time he likes yeah he's a good patriot he just he, he doesn't really follow the movement so much like like he's mm-hmm. not involved in this but he thinks all social media is the devil so he to him i might as well be on like facebook or twitter right now that's like yeah. it's all the same to him so um but yeah no he yeah he would he would he would enjoy it a lot and i would love for him to come with me
0: Matt, um, are you gonna go i'll give you a, down, dude. yeah dude you gotta show up me and matt have never met face to face we've met we had matt on the show what was that about four months ago Easily. through a mutual a mutual friend that i went to high school with and it, like you got to get mad on and then matt becomes the co-host and we still haven't <laughs> met i it's funny like all the people i co-host shows with i don't we think we live like 20 than,
1: minutes apart from I, each other I, too. I
0: know we're not that far away it's funny and we keep saying we're going to go out to eat or whatever and it just never happens but we we have to well. make a point of doing it um i'm trying to think like all the co-hosts like michael lives in texas so me and michael have never met face to face on the blender uh me and gino he lives down in like well, i don't know if he wants me to say he lives southern area and we've never met face to face in fact i don't even know his real name still he I, I, he's probably gonna tell me soon um who else then on um oh i've never met megan walsh face to face i've never met mike face to face on true Hollywood story like it's weird that zoom allows you to do this and you feel like you're like best buds but then yet we've never met face to face we've never even shook hands that's kind of It weird. is
4: funny cuz you do i like i feel like i know you you're my friend <laughs> you
0: mm-hmm. know yeah i know well um, i was you know matt doesn't know this but plant <laughs> Plant cracks she's got some of the best one liners in the chats um cuz she makes when she t- does a typo or <laughs> puts the wrong word
4: it's so bad. And, i mean
0: Dramatically i remember what was our what was that what was that one you put that one time? I could I no, laughed I for like even, two I'm not sure
4: I wanted to remind it.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I laughed for like two days. I told my wife she was crying. she was like almost peeing I her pants. I
4: know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what it was.
0: It was, it was funny. Like, it was, oh, my I'm goodness, like goodness. as soon as you as soon as you hit the return button and it went into the chat, I looked and like, she doesn't know what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you bringing and up that I, stuff, man? Why are you bringing that up that stuff? So my no when no, I, no rear view mirrors. Exactly. When I type on we'll my iPad, back.
4: when I type on my iPad, I can't see what I just wrote until I send it. And yeah. so, it, sometimes it'll correct or, you know, I'm in a hurry to write something and in the next thing I'm like that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> or I think sex we need, that word wrong.
0: I so. think we need to contact the mats and tell them, "Hey, we need an edit button." So that we can what? delete our chat. Not you, Matt. Oh. The other Matts. The Matts that created voxel. Oh, yes.
4: <laughs> yes, we do. We absolutely. I was tell like, what? Yeah. It for sure. So, yeah. No, I do remember what you're talking about, but I don't remember what it was. But yeah, I've said some. It was yeah, just somebody.
0: funny. It was I. Yeah. I literally was cracking up. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and I knew you didn't know what you wrote. I was. It's like that was a mistake, but that is hilarious. Like it was oh. the funniest thing I ever. I said. wish
4: I could remember what it was.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. Hmm. You know, I got to say um cuz I kind of glossed over the whole my pillow thing, but I got to say again, and it, I'm not just trying to sell stuff here <laughs> cuz if and by the way, if we do get proceeds, they go my whatever I make goes right to rescue the fosters. So I'm not ta- pocketing any of this money, by the way. So but anyway, um so we got the sheets, the Giza sheets i got i've actually i'm wearing his his slippers right now they're amazing i love them i wish i would have got one you. size if you order the slippers i gotta tell you go at I least one you. size bigger yeah uh i ordered right to size and they're a little tight for me but they feel great um i've got the new 2.0 my pillow which is amazing i've never slept so good like i'm not even exaggerating like it, <laughs> my wife said it's like we're in a luxury hotel or something i'm like it must yeah it's be amazing. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I, so I told you really cool.
4: you're selling me some sheets. How many times do I see these ads all over the place, and you're the first one? I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get those sheets.
0: <laughs> the sheets, so. if you get the sheets, don't don't chintz out. Go with the Giza ones. They are. I'm not like they are the highest quality sheets I've ever seen. And you know what's really cool? You know how that when you buy like our, we have a queen size bed, and usually you know when you get the what do they call that? The one that goes on the mattress, the uh, with the elastic. The, uh, a mattress pad. What is it called? The a fitted sheet. Band? The oh. fitted sheet. Fitted sheet. Oh, yeah. okay. That, I didn't, like, didn't you were talking about. But you know how they're usually like really tight or real short, and then they pop off all the time, and it's annoying, and you got to <laughs> reset it every day. Like that is annoying. These, they, he gives you a little bit extra. It's just enough for they're tucked under. They've never come loose yet um they're just so comfy i love i love going to bed now like it's so relaxing And I'm, I, I know this sounds like a commercial but i'm literally telling you the truth like it is amazing because i used to hear like you know i watched the war room with steve bannon and every day they're talking about my pillow and i'm like okay he's just you know trying to push the product but i gotta tell you it's amazing curious patriot said mine are one size too large trade oh man yeah i'll trade you right now well i'm i need i ordered 11 i should have got a 12 so yeah, uh, and I've got the uh dark gray. Here, actually, here I'll show you what they look like. <laughs> oh come are on! Are you wearing them? There is. they are. See? <laughs> Can you see that? <laughs> Listen, I'm
1: gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you a thing about these slippers. All right, and this is before I was before I was on a show that got sponsored and this, that, and the other. My father-in-law was actually they moved out to the country about six years ago, and he hasn't. Uh, I guess he hasn't figured out how old he is yet, or the fact that he has four sons. And so he decided at one point he was going to try and hang up these solar lights out on some trees along his driveway, because they have a driveway that's about a half mile long. And he decided he was going to lean a ladder up against a tree. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Well, all right. My father-in-law's is a, my father in law's a fairly big guy. You know, he's probably about six, probably six one, six two, maybe in the two eighty range. You know, he's a big dude. And so when he shifted his weight, the ladder kicked out and he fell. Oh, and he, oh. he actually shattered one of his oh. heels and uh, severely, like really badly bone bruised the other one. Oh boy. I uh, had to like crawl himself back in the house. And um, he went through some pain. I mean, it, this has been a couple of years that he had gone through it, and thankfully, through uh, we do a, we do a monthly family prayer where we all get together and we pray for those that aren't saved, and uh, we prayed and we anointed his foot with oil and and we did we did some things there, and God started to really heal him. But one of the things that made the difference before that was he said these slippers.
0: Really. I'm, not
1: okay.
0: I'm okay. Okay, hold like, on one I, second.
1: I, I'm telling you the truth. So,
0: so curious patriot said he ordered. He's like, dang, I ordered the loafer style ones. See, yeah, I got the more like the shoe fit. I like that one. The loafers are easy to get in and out of, but I wear these a lot now because I no, can even, even go I outside need with them. Too.
1: I'm telling yeah, you, I'm serious. So,
0: but here, so here's the thing: Did he have the loafer style ones, or did he have the ones like I had?
1: He has the ones like you have, and honestly, okay. he lives in those things. And he said that they actually took a lot of the pressure off of his heel. And I, listen, I know that this sounds like I'm promoting the product because okay, I'm on, I'm on the show, but I'm just thinking this is like strangely ironic because he swears by these things like to the point to where he bought like four pairs and he takes a pair of them like everywhere he goes. Like Do I
4: get paid for being part of a Michael yeah we're pool? gonna
1: yeah well that's what that's what it is like you're part of the promotion now so absolutely yeah you need to let him know that like i ordered three pairs myself and they saved my (laughs) life also but literally like i mean seriously he swears that they made a massive difference for him because i saw him suffer for a very long time like he loves to play like uh he's got shuffleboard and he set up like a whole game room in his basement where we could all go and we could spend time together and whatever. He really, really flourishes in those moments. But after, after his surgery and everything that he went through, he could only stand for a very short period of time, and it just really bummed him out. And I can honestly say that. He swears by those slippers. I don't know anything I'm, about the sheets. I, I don't even know about the pillows, but
0: I'm telling you, slippers. Matt, I'm not I am not exaggerating. Like they're easily the best slippers I've ever had. <clears throat> and you can go I'm, indoor yeah. and outdoor with them. They got a great sole on them. They're very comfortable. I just I'm wish I would have got one size bigger.
1: When you said when you said that they were gonna sponsor the show. I even mentioned to you, because you said that they had the pillows before. I'm like, my father-in-law swears by these slippers. I've never worn these slippers. I don't know how great they are. I'm getting to the point now where I'm 41 and, you know, I start to live in slippers, which I guess I never thought that would happen. But I do. Like, I'm the guy who goes out and gets my mail and I'm in my house slippers. Um, (laughs) But... I'm thinking I need to I need to I need to take a run at these slippers because my father in law, like you know, I mean he's got he's got twenty-five years on me. He must know something that I don't because, you know, wisdom, right? Wisdom comes with time. He loves those slippers. And so I well, just t- like there's, there's there's gotta be something to be said about it. There's gotta be something to be said about it.
0: Sam Grell said that uh, in his commercials, they have customers shopping at stores wearing them. I honestly almost Look. went out of the house the other day wearing Look. them because I forgot that I had them on. Like they just feel like regular shoes, but they're so do comfortable. It. Yeah. Hey, do I it.
4: have a funny story about wearing slippers out and not knowing it. Um, <laughs> do you want to hear it? <laughs> were, they, were,
0: they, were they like Snoopy or something like that? No, <laughs>
4: this is actually really funny. I have um, a condition called Raynaud's, so my feet and my hands are cold all the time. Hmm. I cannot even in the summertime I have to have I'm literally wearing two pairs of slippers at right now at, at one time because hmm. I have to keep something on my feet. And um so this is years ago when I was still a little younger than I am now. Um I had been getting ready to go out and of course, you know, you're all dressed up, you got your makeup on, your hair done and I had been wearing my slippers but this is the thing I have I'm not kidding probably 30 pairs of slippers because I have to constantly keep something on my feet. I'm I'm wearing them and washing them all the time, so I have a bunch. So I had had, I just grabbed whatever, and I had had on a pink slipper and a blue slipper. And before I was going to meet my friends, I had to stop and get gas. So um, back then they didn't have the ATM card thing at the pump. So I went in to pay for my gas, and I'm standing on this in this long line on a Friday night. I'm dressed to the nines, hair done, makeup, dressed real nice. I'm standing in line, and I look down. Am I wearing these slippers in
3: That's the best? line
4: at Speedway? I was That's so embarrassed. I was. At so, least it was. They, what they didn't even match. The one was. At least it was, was Speedway. That's a
1: fashion statement sure. these yeah. days. That's it a is. fashion statement. Well, this was
4: before people would go shopping in their pajamas. I'm just saying, you were <laughs> doing it before, yes. before. it was exactly cool.
0: Plant, plant. Oh, you are a trendsetter. Okay, That's what let's I'm just saying. put you were that out there. She has it cool. a trendsetter.
1: Honestly, I see the kids. I see the kids at the churches. I, we go. We go to all these different churches. Uh, the the ministry that I'm involved with. It, you know, my pastor was on, she was probably on like maybe a month ago or so, but we go in more of an evangel, evangelical sort of way of doing things where we go to different churches based on invitation. And so every Sunday we could go to a different church and I'm always encountering these young ones and they're all wearing like the same type of shoe, but two different colors. And it's like, it's like a whole different thing now like oh, when, you know back when we were we used to think that the stuff that we thought was cool and then we went through a phase where we were like that was really corny and we shouldn't have been doing that now the kids think it's like amazing like it's 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 interesting the youth is they're 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 I guess they're a little more creative and artsy but they're definitely marching at, to
4: their own tune <laughs> well
1: i also laugh at the fact that they think they did it first
4: Oh, that's true. No, see, they—I did it first.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You did. You were a trendsetter back there trendsetter. in Speedway before they had credit cards oh, on gas pumps. Oh, uh, you dated yeah, yourself in that comment. Oh. Yes, you did.
0: Should I have never that said that.
1: Like <laughs> <ago. laughs> you dated yourself on that time frame right there, okay, well, oh my gosh. Maybe,
4: maybe, maybe I wasn't telling the truth about that part. No, just okay. kidding. <laughs> no,
1: no, 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 takesies, backsies. Once it's out there, it's out there. And you know,
0: Matt, Matt, you're just a kid, okay? Forty-one years old. Wait till you get to fifty-three. Like, we're all kids,
1: man. We're all kids. We're adult-sized children. Face it. (laughs) Face it. You know what's?
0: You know what's so weird? My uh, so my birthday was a couple weeks ago, and you know how on your Facebook thing it pops up of memories or whatever. It was already three years ago. They gave me my family gave me like a surprise. It wasn't really a surprise, like a fiftieth birthday. I kept telling them, please don't do that, please. I don't want one, and they did it anyway. So you know, it was about. I don't know, all my relatives and friends and stuff. I mean, it was fun. I had a good time. And uh, But I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, holy crap, that was already three years ago. Like do, <laughs> like three years already went by and two years under the Biden regime. Like I don't even know how it went that fa- Thank God it is going fast with Biden in there. But like I just couldn't believe it was already three years. Like doesn't, I don't know. It, let me ask you, Plant. Doesn't it seem like six months right now is only like two months
4: Yes, it, I was just gonna say it's like somebody's flipping. You know how you flick a deck of cards and you just like flip them. I feel like I, I can't believe I can't believe how fast time is going. Like, it, especially as you get older. Um, yeah, um, I'm about to turn fifty five, so I feel like I just turned forty five like three years mm-hmm. ago. <laughs> Do you know I what I mean? Know. It's crazy. It's I think crazy. what it
1: is. I think what it is is like when 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 you're young, when you're when you're a child, per se, there's so few distractions in your life that it seems like it takes an eternity to get yeah. from one thing to the next. You know, That's from true. a birthday or to Christmas or this or that. But then when you get into the hustle and bustle of life, where you're trying to provide and you're trying to work a career and you're trying to raise a family and you're trying to do this, that, and the other, like your time stamps to your children. You that know, is true. Your timestamps to your grandchildren for those that have them. It's like, man, that's when you really start to evaluate how fast life moves. It hasn't started to accelerate. The problem is you just have a lot more things to distract you. And so a day can pass in an instant when it seemed to last an eternity. When you're a kid and you're bored, you're just like, this day will never end. And nowadays it's like, I can't figure out enough like, I can't figure out how to do everything in a day that I would really like to accomplish because there's just so many things that we can distract ourselves with.
4: I don't know. Uh, I, I think, think somebody keeps stealing my Wednesdays and Thursdays because I feel like it's <laughs> well... Tuesday to Friday in like 12 hours.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wish that, the Wednesdays I wish that and
1: was... Thursdays are like the one yeah. sock in the dryer. It just always comes up. Yeah. Missing.
0: <laughs> I wish they would steal my Mondays. I hate Mondays, man. <laughs> Mondays the worst. You know, so I got uh, it. Mondays okay. because
4: after the weekend, that's what I, when I said from Tuesday to Friday, and I'm like, oh, my husband's home. He's gonna be home all weekend. I don't get anything done when he's home. So I'm happy for him to go back to work on Monday, <laughs> so I can do what I need to do.
0: Yeah. So. so I have to. I have a little confession to make right now. So Uh-oh. speaking of Monday, Monday. When I said Monday, it reminded me of something that happened. So this is one of the reasons I don't have a Jesus fish on my car or anything that says I'm Christian <laughs> because sometimes you know how you lose your patience or you lose your temper Matt has that ever I'm sure that's never happened to you Matt or, or plan bro um, I'm like a
1: struggling I'm like a struggling doctor sometimes dude I have no patience
0: so so I'm oh gosh I'm at this intersection the other day right and it's a pretty busy intersection. And I'm waiting for the light to turn red. I'm first in line, like heading east. And next to me are two left-hand turn lanes. The one two two lanes away from me is pretty full. There's a lot of cars in it. But the one next to me has no cars in it. And, and we are having a major ice storm on Monday. It was really bad. Terrible driving. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm just kind of waiting for the light to change, kind of daydreaming. And all of a sudden, some dude pulls up. Into the lane that was right next to me where no cars were. I don't even know where he came from. And he, he pulls right in front of me, which is totally illegal because he's kind of in the intersection when he's doing this. Oh boy. So he so he probably thought, Oh, I'm in the wrong lane, I'll just cut everybody off. So he, he gets out in front of me and he's in like a um, Dodge Challenger. So the worst car to be driving okay. in that weather. And so I'm I'm biting a hurry to get light. home. Uh, probably. And so I'm thinking, okay, don't. It's okay. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. The first will be last, and the last will be first. That's what I always right, try right, to call right, myself. Right. So I'm, I'm just taking a deep breath, and then I just get on my phone, right, for a couple seconds. <clears throat> Light turns green, and now this guy's tires start spinning in the ice because, of course, he's in a sports car, and it's not made for snow driving. So they're spinning like crazy, and I didn't notice at first, so I have front-wheel drive, so I, like, got almost right on top of him. Because, you know, I didn't know he was stuck at first. So I kind of like hit my break and I'm thinking, okay, this, this guy cuts everybody off. Now he's holding up everybody behind me because he's stuck. So I'm like, okay, calm down, deep, deep, deep breath. Right. So now he, he takes off, he gets his traction and he starts going, now he is like furious at me. He's flailing his arms around. Right. And, his, and I'm like, what is he doing? What is he so upset about? So now I'm kind of getting hot under the collar and I'm, I'm way behind him. I'm not even tailgating or anything. I'm probably like four or five car lengths behind doing like 30 miles an hour. It was terrible. We get to the next light to go towards my house and we both get in the left hand turn lane there and I'm like, Oh boy. <laughs> so now I'm behind him, and I'm kind of like laughing now. This is a bad habit. I have my wife gets so mad because a lot of times someone will get mad and I just laugh at them. And that's not a good thing. Cause that just, you know, antagonizes them a little bit. So. So I'm sitting there and I'm smiling as he's still flailing his arms at this light. And so I opened my door because it was getting fogged up. And I wanted to ask him, what are you so mad about? What's your problem? So as I'm opening my door, he gets out of his car and starts walking towards me. <laughs> oh, my now, gosh. He's a young- Uh-oh. Yeah, it was crazy. So he's about he was probably about 20. If I had to guess late 20s, maybe 30 years old, something like that. And he's Mr. Tough Guy. And <laughs> He comes Come walking on. towards the car. And he's like, you know, he's strutting towards me and he and he's cussing at me and stuff. And I'm kind of just smiling at him. Now, I'm looking at the guy and I'm pretty big. I mean, I'm, a, I'm six foot. I go about 225, 230. And so he's coming and he's about five foot seven, probably about a buck. 55 okay and i'm like okay i'm not gonna fight him obviously first of all i'm old and second of all i'm a christian i'm not gonna fight right so so i'm thinking what is this guy doing and, and so he's like he's like what are you riding you know my my rear end for right And i'm like dude i was like five car lengths behind you what are you talking about i said you cut me off didn't by the way you didn't use your turn signal i said you have a sixty thousand dollar car and your turn signal doesn't work you know like so he, we're going back, and then I'm thinking, okay, calm down, this is stupid. And then he gets about halfway to my car, and he's like, "Follow me back to my crib." <laughs> Follow me. Let's back go. To Let's
1: go. <laughs> so I'll like, read you some scripture. <laughs> exactly.
0: So I'm like, I'm like, I start laughing again. I slam my door. He gets in his car, and and I'm now I'm kind of like, hot I am like really, and I'm like, I'm like, Lord. Okay, I just blew it. I just totally screwed up. But thank God I don't have a Jesus fish on my car or something that says I'm Christian. <laughs> then the I just ruined, I, I ruined it for the, every Christian on the planet at that point.
1: Did I tell you? Did I tell you? I have a pastor friend. I have a pastor friend who lives out in Kenoke, uh, Michigan, which is like Farmville, USA. And he invited me to come out to, uh, to deer hunt on his property. Uh, earlier in this deer season. I'd never been out there before. I'd never even been out to Kenoke because I didn't even know it existed. It's one of those places, you know, and I've lived in Michigan my whole life, but it's just, I don't know, it's a little small remote country area, lots of farmland. And so I'm driving out there at like, you know, 545 in the morning. I'm trying to get out there before the sun's up. I turn on his road and my GPS is telling me like, I'm in the right place, but I'm like, I see nothing. I see nothing. No street lights, because in the country, they don't have street lights. You know, those back roads are dark. And so I'm just like driving along and I got my high beams on. And eventually I see a garage door that's open. And I'm like, okay, that's weird that this early in the morning, there'd be a garage door open. Maybe that's the place. And so I look and I turn, I see the mailbox and I'm like, okay, this is the address. This must be the place. And so I drive up the driveway and I pull up behind his wife's SUV and all the way across her back window in a huge, huge vinyl. It's, if you don't have Jesus, you're going to hell. And it's, I mean, her entire back window. And I mean, if you've met this woman, she's on on fire for God, but her entire back window. This isn't a little sticker. This is the entire back window. And I'm like, yep, I guess I found the right place. And so I walked in there and I'm like, Pastor John, dude, what is up with Robbie's windows? And she's, he's like, yeah, she wants everybody to know. <laughs> I was like, I guess she does. Apparently. I guess she does. Because her entire back window, like you probably can't even see much out of your rear view because it says, if you don't have Jesus, you are going to hell in capital letters. I'm like, wow, good for that, her. That's a yeah. she's a she's a, that's a bold statement. <laughs> she, she's definitely I, walking, I,
0: walking. Yeah, but I can what I can one up her because my this guy Mike that we used to know, he used to come to some Bible studies and stuff. He he was always out, um, protesting abortion. So he would, he sits at major intersection. I mean, like, he'll go at the busiest intersection. He's out there alone with these signs and stuff, and people are spitting at him, throwing rocks at him. Like, he's been abused and, and beat up and, I mean, run over. It's crazy. So, oh my gosh. but he would, but he would drive a van. He had this old van in it. <laughs> I'm not joking. Every square inch of that van was covered with either a scripture or a picture of, I mean, kind of graphic pictures of stuff. And I'm just like, you are one brave dude man like driving that thing around like a martyr, and he drove man. it for he drove it for years I'm like dude are you crazy like people will kill you they'll literally kill you he's like no man I know I'm supposed to be doing this but but I got to tell you like he was one of those I'd guys be a martyr loved, than a murderer man I'm just saying yeah yeah, but you know what though, Matt? I don't know if his heart was in the right place because he liked confrontation. He loved it. Like he loved when people came up and argued. And I, I questioned him one time. I'm like Mike. I'm like, that's. A, I'm like Mike. Listen, man. I said, Are you doing this for the argument or are you doing it to like actually like <laughs> <Yeah>. preach? You <laughs> thrive like, in
1: controversy. Or are you trying to make a difference?
0: Well, he didn't answer. That was the scariest part. I'm like, Oh my gosh! Um, like, you didn't know. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah, okay. It okay, it
4: takes a okay. lot to get me rattled. I people probably think I'm nuts or stupid half the time because I, I I'm serious. I just don't react. You know? It's it's just me,
1: you know. I wasted all my reaction skills when I was younger.
4: That that's the thing, especially now at it at, at the age that I'm at and everything that I've been through, I'm like it it would I do I do have my moments of frustration or I get irritated. It literally Within a few minutes, I'm back to being my normal, hyper happy self. um It's funny because my <laughs> husband and I all snipe at each other. Like, we don't fight. We just never fight. Like, we'll get irritated with each other. He'll, one of us will go somewhere to do whatever. And three minutes later, it's like nothing happened because we don't hold on to it. It just, I can't hold on to that kind of stuff. I don't want to hold on to that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, my wife and I don't fight either. We have intense fellowship.
4: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Is
1: I can't what it say is. This.
4: Well, I can't say that about mine. But I'm just saying, is that what you're calling? Yeah, we, oh, is that what you call your arguing?
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> See that one right we over my head.
0: <laughs> we don't really argue either. I mean, we've had we've had our moments. Trust me. But like well, we over the last like yeah yeah when you're young it's because you, you're so selfish. You know, you want it your way all the time. And, Got everything to prove um, back then yeah, yeah. yeah. We used, just, you know what we used not
4: start... even my husband just anybody like I said I just I don't want to be in that space my do you know no. you know the struggles I've had with my mother-in-law in yeah. the last couple of years one of the hardest <laughs> yeah, yeah. things was just that she was such a negative negative er, her and I that way were like oil and water because she just she liked the drama she liked the <laughs> she liked being difficult and I'm just More so not, than like, you think. not that person she did. I really do. I, I think that some people get so entrenched in that that they don't know how to be any other way. Mm-hmm. They, they just don't. And um, but I just I don't want to I don't want to be like that. I don't want to live in that space. It's just oh, I can't. I can't. Yeah.
0: I'll I'll be on my when I'm on my deathbed. I don't want anybody having a grudge against me. I don't want anybody hating me. I don't want any unforgiveness. Like I've I've always been the peacemaker. I've always been. You know what? Someone's mad at me. Like there's there's something I would love to tell the audience right now (laughs) because it's I can kind of you won't there there's a person and I can't I gosh if I I, it'll give it away if I say there there's a particular person who sent me an email probably 2 months ago and it mm-hmm. was scathing i mean like like i was the like i was hitler it was unbelievable and i had yeah. worked with this person and i thought we were friends <laughs> we've never had a disagreement an argument or whatever and i looked up to this person quite a bit like he was kind of um <clears throat> he was on a he was on a, he was very big on a social media platform let's just put it that way <clears throat> and so we were kind of doing some things and then all of a sudden he just, I get an email out of nowhere and it is just like unbelievable. And he's talking about a specific thing and about a, another person that happened to be, gosh, if see, I, I have to really talk in code here. Um, and calling this person some really horrible names. And this guy says he's a Christian. Um, and he was calling these, like me and the other guy like a lot of bad things. And it was a long email. So he's friends with another mutual friend so i i talked to my mutual friend and he's like dude he's written me three of those letters in the past too he's like i think he's bipolar or something
1: yeah i'm we like dude about it's this. it's ins-
0: yeah yeah i know you know who- so i'm like he's like he's like yeah i don't he'll eventually just tell you he's sorry all of a sudden and now <laughs> he wrote th- that that hasn't happened yet by the way <laughs> but he wrote me another email that was almost as bad as the first one, and demanded some things of me. And I've been, I mean, I can actually, if I showed the emails that I wrote back, they are nothing but killing with kindness and praising him and, you know, the things he stood for and all this other stuff. And it's amazing to me, like, a lot of people looked up to this person, and I know him personally, and I always thought he was, like, we had great conversations, we, whether it was email or, or by phone. And then all of a sudden he just, turns like it like night and day like uh um you know what what's that story what's that old story uh uh jekyll and hyde it's like jekyll and hyde and but then i find out he's done it to other people so there there must be something Something mentally right there yeah and so i've been there but i but i don't have any found it but yeah and the point of the story is i'm not holding animosity against him like i'm not holding a grudge like i've already forgiven him like i could care less say what you want about me i know it's not true like none of it's true I mean, I, I even have the that's video the to thing. prove it's not true. That's the that's the amazing thing about it. But this you know, is
4: whatever. how I've I've for years, my kids, anybody who knows me, I've probably said this 10 million times. It's the first time you're gonna hear it. If you can lay your head down on your pillow at night and know that you have not done anything wrong, that you have been the best person that you can be, that that you've done everything that you know you should do, then you can't you can't right. let somebody else's attitude like that affect you. I'm like, cause it, cause it can, there was a time when something like that, if it happened to me, would be just devastating to me because mm-hmm. I am that person that helps my friends and does this. And you know, you think to yourself, Oh my God, I've done so much for how, why are mm-hmm. you turning on me? But it's happened to me. Oh my gosh, I can't. Some of the people in my life that I've done the most for some have been the ones that treat me the absolute, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. the worst testify um, it's one of those things that you i I, it used to just when i was younger it just used to it was devastating it would break my this break my heart was so hurtful to me but like i said now like i said if you can lay your head down a pillow, and you know that you you have been who you need to be you have done what you needed to do you have not you know done anything nasty or malicious then then you can't i don't want to hold on to i don't i don't want to hold my own garbage i'm not gonna hold your garbage too you know
1: sure sure right if I can give you uh, if I can give you any advice in that area because I'm I live a life in testament of the very same thing, you know I I come from a very uh, let's just say very checkered past um, when it comes to my family you know they're a very motley group of people that have had a lot of struggles and a lot of demons and a lot of things that they've gone through and uh, you know God has kind of protected me in that way even from a very young age. And so I was alienated for a lot of, you know, a lot of my life. And even now in my adult life, they're just like, oh, this guy's too good. You know, he's, a, he's the goody, goody Christian. You know, he's a minister and a chaplain. And so it's it's amazing how even when you find yourself in a place where you shouldn't find judgment, people still judge you. Of course. Um, But this is what it comes down to, and this is where God has driven my understanding, is to try to find understanding in other people. If you can find the things that motivate the ways that they are, then it's easier to not find offense in the things that they say or the things that they do. You know, uh, even if if they're directing it towards you, if you can really start to, like, seek the Lord in that way, I mean— I'm not saying that you haven't. I'm just saying that this is something that I had to learn. But if I if, if if you can really press into the Lord to look for understanding, I can actually almost dissect moments when they're happening.
4: Do you know what that that that's literally how I live my life and how I hopefully I tried to teach my kids, you know, we're all in those situations where somebody is just nasty to you for no reason, or yep. or they you know, just don't like stuff. you for whatever reason, or there's just there's a, a million situations, but um to to not that's that's how I try to live my life they have something going on whatever they're angry about whatever they're whatever's happening with them it has nothing really to do with you it has to do with them and what they're dealing with and you have to be a little empathetic about it and you know um have some compassion Uh, you know I I, that's how I try to deal with things like I said either that or I just avoid (laughs) no just kidding um yeah well, just i know. well I go through this a lot with my youngest daughter. She seems to draw these people in that are just she has the biggest heart in the world, and she would just do anything for anybody and some she just finds herself in the end of you know screaming crazy people, and it's like it's not you, just you know what I mean like don't don't let them get to you because you know, but I feel it's because she is so loving and open mm-hmm. that. That 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 Holy Spirit in you, that that darkness doesn't like it. It sees it. It recognizes it, and it hates it. It oh, hates yeah. it. Yeah, and it's gonna come plus, at
0: you. When you're a soft target. I, when I owned my business, when I was I was young. I mean, I started when I was like 26. So I had all these people that were in their 40s. A lot of customers in their 40s and 50s, and and they knew they could take advantage of me. I was a naive punk kid, you know. Um, right. And I learned a lot. I mean, I owned this place for 10 years. Me and my dad and, and a couple other partners. And it was out by where Matt lives, actually. And so I remember that job taught me more about human nature than I could have ever wanted to know or could have learned anywhere else, except (laughs) maybe, you know, the Bible, obviously. Like it was amazing what I learned about human beings. I, I, some of the people that I treated like gold, I'm in, I, when I say gold, I mean like they were they weren't paying for stuff i was giving them things and they were the ones that turned on you and were calling you every name in the book or backstabbing you it was unbelievable yes, I, yes. and and i and i had to learn to forgive like i had to say okay like i could either hold on to this and be really ticked off about it and want to go you know kill them or i could i could sit back and say wait a minute does is it really matter it's lies it's not true you know i know who i am i know yeah. what i've done and so exactly. i you know i chose the better way i guess
4: it just, yeah, it's just, it is, it's hard. It hard. No, it is not always easy because it's hard, especially when you, you have, and I, I, I hate even bringing that up because I don't want to be like, oh, look what I've done. Cause I hate that. I hate when people be like, oh, I did this and I did that. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying when you have done for people and you have loved them and taken care of them or tried to help them through things. And then, like you said, I think those are some of the worst betrayals in my life for those people, mm-hmm. people I've done the most for. And so. That's it's, where you yeah, learn who
1: you keep close to. But it's to not
4: you. you. That's the thing. It's 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 I, I really firmly believe that it's whatever darkness can take advantage of them and it tries to get at you through them, if that makes yep. sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Yep. I can say that I can say that I I'm I firmly believe in that in that very same thing. And that's why I'm very careful on the people that I let I let close to me in that way. You know, I some people I have to love from afar because there's a toxicity that comes with it, and yes. so I'll pr- I'll pray for you and I'll be hopeful for you and I will I will pray to God that you get that revelation in your life. But I know that I can't have you near me. The people that the people that you hold nearest and dearest to yourself should edify you and make you stronger. They should build you up. They shouldn't tear you down. You know, oh, yeah, I, heard, absolutely. I heard um I heard this uh, comic. I don't know if you guys are at all are familiar with uh John Christ. He's a he's a Christian comedian. He's hilariously funny. But he he said that uh real friends are those that bag on you in front of your face but speak kindly about you when you're not there.
0: <laughs> I've heard that yes. It's true. That's actually it's true. Really, really true. <laughs>
1: and I was like, Yeah, for sure. I mean, you should see, I mean you you plant you've been following you've been following gino for a minute now so you know how robert and gino go back and forth like when when both of them are on the show and i'm here i have to feel like i feel like i have to be like mediator like kids kids like you guys are fine. you should hear us on You're... the
0: phone <laughs>
1: like you guys you guys are both it's way worse. it's fine like it's okay but you know i mean that's just what it is you know i mean sometimes sometimes a little playful banter is good and you know, constructive criticism is good. You know, that's what, that's what.
4: You should be able to be genuine around your, your, your closest people, you know?
0: Exactly. You should, because those are your best, like I love when people criticize me, but they're doing it from a love you know, if there's a, there's a way to criticize, right? There's constructive criticism, but then there's that criticism where people are either jealous or they're just trying to hurt you, Right. Um, now, see, and that's the thing what...
4: i can see you, that i i, I hate fr- this I, I don't want to sound funny but I, I can tell i know i i i just know like you know how, like you can walk into a room you read the room like i i mm-hmm. i know i know who likes me like, who doesn't like me who's judging yeah. me who's i i i don't know i can just feel it i know and and it is like a sixth kind of.
0: sense or something
4: it, yeah. So, and I, so I do know, like if somebody says something that they're being funny, I know, I know the difference. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think most yeah. of us do, you know? So I,
0: Well, when I, when I had my business, I, that's where I learned all that stuff. Like I could really read people after that. Like I just learned, okay, this person's out to get me that one is trying to use me for this or this person actually does like me and would consider me a friend. Like you just learn to like compartmentalize people and put them in little boxes. Unfortunately, I mean, I had to do that because it was, otherwise my business would have been stolen from underneath me. Like these people were, some of them were ruthless people. Um, and so you you just, I don't know, like my wife's always said, this. she's like, how could how come you always judge people? I'm like, I'm not judging them. I, I'm a good judge of character. Like I understand, I've, I've learned from my experiences, like which people are good and which ones aren't, and I treat them all the same, but I'm I'm more aware of the ones that are trying to get something or use me.
4: One of uh, one of the oh, I'm sorry, I was just gonna say one of the hardest lessons that I ever learned was that not everybody thinks the way that I do. There's certain things that I would never dream of doing to somebody, or I would never think of acting a certain way in a certain situation, and. And it was just when I was younger, it was just such a shock to me, some of the things that people were capable of, and it's like
0: <laughs> I know but
4: I'm older and wiser now, and so I know, but um, I have always like with my kids, my another one of my big things is that you cannot let someone else's bad behavior be an excuse for your own bad behavior. There's just right. it just doesn't work that way. Like you can't just because somebody else is being an ass doesn't mm-hmm. give you a, a free pass or a card to be one back like you just yeah. it's hard it's hard it's hard it's hard i'm not trying to make it sound like i'm you know mother Teresa, but mm-hmm. th- it is when it comes down to it you cannot i can't if someone's nasty to me if i'm nasty back then i do i get rebuked for that i feel and i think you know i'm glad when i get a little spanking like like hey you can't do that <laughs> do you know what i mean or you shouldn't mm-hmm. say that you need to you know to in, for myself but i'm just saying that i think a lot of people they they do that you know well that person's being nasty to me so that gives me free reign to be just as nasty back and it's like no no it doesn't not as a christian yeah no. You know, no, you
0: can't fight so. fire with fire all the time although I gotta agree with Tam Growl. she uh, said God doesn't want us to be doormats either yeah t- this is this is you know the turn the other cheek thing is not what everybody thinks it is that passage does not mean that you never defend no, yourself no, or, no, def- or no. defend, I, you know yeah
4: by yeah. all so, means stay away from toxic people I don't yeah, need to stand there absolutely. and take it either I just don't need to it, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't do anything for me to engage back if that makes sense no and like it's, said, it's, it's gonna fight- make there's a lot of people that probably thought that I was as dumb as a box of rocks or just completely <laughs> clueless because I don't react to it. Right. You know, it's like I've had yep. people say nasty things to me and I just like like it goes right over my head. They probably think that I didn't understand what they were saying was nasty, but it's just that I just don't react to it. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not going to give yeah. it any of my energy. The only thing that deserves that kind of energy from me is God, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: So 100% uh, our good to... friend, joyful June has gifted a cookie. She said for plant Patriot, I give Gino enough cookies. Usually. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thank
4: you. Thanks, Thank you <laughs> I, should I go now? I should, I've been taking up all of your time. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, if you want to stick around, you can stick around. Otherwise we're going to close up shop here. Yeah. Um, going go, be to so.
4: Thanks for letting me. Oh, is it really that late already? Thank you for letting me ramble on. Cause that's what I tend to do. I appreciate it.
0: We need so, to do this more often. Have I want to have calls? But uh, curious patriot said they were going to. He was going to call him, but he ends up he was sick, so he maybe next time. But yeah, we need. I I want to do like Q and A type things, but we need more people to participate. So it's hard. Uh, on my other shows, there's yeah participate more viewers. people. Yeah, we need we need participation because I don't want to hear us just rambling all the time. I like hearing from other people's opinions and ideas and if we have questions or comments, especially about scripture, things like that, that'd be fun to talk about. Uh, so I'd like to do that in the future, Matt, uh, you froze up there for a little bit. I don't know if you knew it, man, for about a minute we lost you. So I don't know what happened. No, I though. knew it. Okay. I knew well, it. I
4: want to tell know. you that I do appreciate the effort that you put in Gino, because I know it's, I know it's helpful for me. I it's, it's, it's almost in a sense your show and like the blender and, um nail in the morning and Greenbeard and and some of the other it's mm-hmm. it's it's fellowship for me that I I haven't been able to go anywhere or do anything with taking care of my mother in law. So it's 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 had a big impact on me and I just want to tell you I appreciate it. But um I will let you go oh, and hopefully I will see you in the Better Lately chat.
0: I will. Yep. Thank you for that. It was very nice. Thank you for the comment. Um okay have a great <laughs> night be blessed see you over at Better Latelys in a few.
4: <laughs> Good night. It was nice to meet you.
0: Good night. <laughs>
1: nice to meet you also
0: so matt awesome that was fun real fun ac was great i can't wait to have ac back on man that guy's lit that was that was amazing i can't wait for uh to hear more testimonies and i hope he starts like videoing some of the miracles that would be really cool you know yeah yeah
1: yeah well he does do um i don't know necessarily that it's video like that that's caught on video but every time he does a service on friday nights they do live stream Um, so I don't know necessarily that that's like, I think he did say that that actually was filmed when that happened, but it wasn't like someone following with like a catch cam sort of situation, but either way. Yeah. I mean, he's really starting to pick up some steam. He's trying to, he's trying to, you know, plant a church in Royal Oak, you know, right now he's currently in the city of Detroit, like right on the Southfield border, but I texted him after he got off the phone, just thanking him for taking the time. And he was like, Oh, man, I'm welcome. Like, you're welcome. I'm sorry my phone was dying. I look forward to a part two. And I'm like, Oh, there'll be a part two, bud. There, there's a lot in that man. And he's there's, there's going to be a part. F-
0: yeah, there's going to be a part two, a part three, part four. We're going to have him on as a regular guest, just like we do with Miko and uh, uh, yeah. the Goldens. He's had there's,
1: some experiences. He did a lot. of the he-
0: Goldens. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead and finish up. I'll...
1: No, I was just saying like he he's had a lot of experiences and he knows he knows a lot of people. It's crazy how many people that guy knows. He's been connected in so many different ways. Like he did. He did security for a while while he was trying to figure out ministry when he was here in Detroit. and He met all these athletes and all these people that he's connected to. It's just it's it's wild how far his reach is.
0: He seems like that type. Like you know, a lot of people didn't see the beginning of the show, but you might want to watch the first twenty minutes when he's talking about all the people he used to write music for in the industry. Oh yeah. Uh, Usher, he went and toured with Usher, and you know, over in Europe and smother. Like he he was in the world and making good money doing it. He was a writer, singer, producer, oh, yeah. all that stuff. So. A uh, very talented man, but yeah, I, I look forward to him coming back on and giving some more stories and, and preaching. I love; I could listen to that guy all day long, man. Um, <laughs> so, what I was going to say was, you know, we had the Goldens on last. Was it last week? Yeah, last week. Yeah, uh, talking about was the last the, the Vax. Yeah, the Vax movie that's coming out. So, I haven't heard anything from them this week. I'm going to text her. Hopefully, by next week, we'll have a little more information on when the documentary comes out because that's I'm telling you that that's going to be a that's going to be a good one.
1: It's, like, it's gonna be well heart. done
0: right haley's heart yeah and the heart. name of the movie yeah. the the name of the movie was uh oh gosh what was it called um oh man hang on i got it on my uh <laughs> actually i got it on my tiktok thing here let me look yeah,
1: Vax is wax
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was um, hold on i got it it's loading up hold on a second i don't know why i always forget the name of it okay it's called uh real not rare real not rare haley's heart real not rare. yeah so and that, again that movie's about uh people that were vax injured kids mostly kids um not necessarily just the covid jab but a bunch of different other vaccines that have hurt people and hurt their families and a lot of them were pro-vaccine people and then they changed because sure. obviously it hurt their family so because they told yeah, you that's gonna be okay a, yeah yeah safe and effective so they're gonna that's going to be out hopefully soon. I know they were still trying to raise some money to finish up a few uh, little details, make it right. So they're great people. Aren't they great people? The Goldens, man. Like I can, they, they're are, such they are awesome people. people. Awesome people. We've had a lot of good people to. on all my shows. I got There's some just great human beings, man, that are doing amazing things. Tomorrow night, you are not going to want to miss the show on Rescue the Fosters. This woman that's coming on, uh, I don't know how old she is. I'm, I'm, if I had to guess, maybe late 30s, early 40s she tours uh canada and america she's she's a canadian and she was homeless she actually re- was a runaway cuz her mom was abusive and her mom threw her out of a second story window when she was like 5 mm. years old and broke both her arms and she kept nice. coming back to mom cuz she didn't know anything you know and she's like okay i guess this is just how parents you know moms treat their daughter and she was just yeah, very abusive yeah. and she ends up um She ends up running away, and by the time she's, I think she was 11, she was homeless. She was living on a park bench, like, trying to get through life. At 14, she becomes a cocktail waitress. Like, it's just crazy. She never went into prostitution, uh, and I don't think she got hooked on drugs at any point. But an amazing, amazing testimony of a turnaround uh, in her life. And now she's actually out on tour. She writes books. She's done, you know, a lot of these... um, speeches to like st- to um younger adolescents and things like that encouraging them like don't give up you know and i don't think she's a christian though I, that's the only part i, I the, the things i've watched and stuff i don't hear her ever talking about god she talks about a lot of people that helped her in her life and turned her around so maybe i'll have a chance to give her the gospel tomorrow but she's she's <clears> amazing I, I it's just an incredible story of perseverance so you're not going to yeah, want to miss that 7 testimony yeah, just post. not uh the gospel
1: okay
0: yeah so we'll see i i she's seems like a per, great person i mean i was watching a couple of videos last night of her um so um gosh what's i forgot her name uh i there, we have so many guests like i they just kind of blend together over time because we <laughs> sylvia like i don't have to do any work on thursday nights. sylvia lines up all the guests her and terry they line up every single guest And all I do is show up and I have to, you know, I obviously I get the video and streaming set up and get all the thumbnails and all that, but it's, I have the easy part. They just get all the, we're lined up right now. I think she told me we're lined up through August. That's how many people they've got lined up to come on the show. I'm going to start scheduling
1: some for this show too, because I've got about, I've got at least probably five, probably five or six in mind.
0: Excellent. Excellent. The less I have to do, the better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) i got i got some i got some heavy hitters
0: i got some yeah, heavy hitters good. i'm, I'm trying sure. to reach now that i'm starting to get some reach i feel like i'm kind of making some really good contacts behind the scenes there are going to be some really interesting people people that people know i mean that are public figures and things that are going to be coming on and um giving testimonies and i, I i'll tell you what the hardest part is reaching out to the christian community i mean like i want to get like some of the bigger name christian guys on and women and get them on but they never answer their emails like i don't know if it's going to spam or they're just ignoring me i don't (laughs) know
1: they have employees that are told to
0: ignore it yeah i guess so (laughs) whatever (laughs) eventually eventually they're gonna know who i am you're gonna know (laughs) oh man all right bro well good show um yeah yeah that was that was a lot of fun tonight plant thank you for calling in Always a pleasure. Yes, thank you. Uh, maybe next week we'll get a couple new callers in. And um, as of right now, I don't think we have anybody scheduled for next week. So if you want to go ahead and get one work of your, uh, your folks on, let's do it. Yeah, I'll work on it. Excellent, man. All right, y'all uh, scratching was released. I see some of you got your gold pills already. Be blessed. Uh, join me tomorrow. Rescue the Foster 730. You don't, you're not going to want to miss that one. I think her, the lady's last name is Grundon, if I remember correctly. So if you want to, I, I I don't have it on my phone, so I can't look it up. But, uh, yeah, join us tomorrow. And then um, I just got a text from Gino Revin. We were going to do the random tandem Saturday night. His computer blew up, so apparently that's not going to happen. So The Blender will be on this Saturday if you want to join me and Michael for The Blender, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, we had Joe Jordan on last week talking aliens. That was fun. I love when that guy comes on. Uh, so, Yeah that's it love y'all be blessed see you over in better lately's chat in a couple minutes all right have a great night and a uh i was gonna say great weekend but we're not there yet i, I was wishful thinking
1: <laughs> so yeah sweet sleep oh, and god bless
0: yeah and get your uh 2.0 my pillow for Do a better it. night's sleep <laughs> and slippers and slippers
1: <laughs> you're still here